Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, we're back for another episode. We're doing another theater watch. It's two in a row. Whoa! We're doing Talk to Me. Before that... Imagine you guys getting out of the house more than once in two weeks. Oh, I leave the house all the time. Every... Uh, five days a week. Mm-hmm. And then I have Not return. for work. For, for like, play. <laughs> I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> John's too busy. Well, what have you guys been up to since last time? Uh, I watched a gazillion movies, but wow. only like two horror movies. How many zeros is in gazillion? A lot. Um, probably, you know, it's called hyperbole, Mark. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. I get it. Probably watch like, I don't know, 10 movies, 15 movies, because it's just easy to put on. I did watch a movie called Tourist Trap. Yep, that movie was fucking one. bananas. It's the one with the mask. Uh, the yeah. The dolls or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and he like turns people into mannequins yeah, like yeah. On, by thought. That movie's great. Uh, bananas, but really enjoyed it. Did you see any water snakes? No. Oh, okay. Uh, it wasn't, I maybe mean, I wasn't paying enough attention for the water snakes. Oh, it's that scene where they go to the little pond. They find a little pond and he first meets oh, them. Oh, yeah. Like, the snakes in there, water snakes. They, well, but they used to they only come at night unless they choose to come early. Like you've never come early. <laughs> We're back to this conversation. <laughs> um, that's really about it. No, you're not done yet. Okay, I mean, what do you the, want to know? What, what, one non-horror movie you watched. Uh, well, most recently, just yesterday, I watched Malcolm X. What a fucking great movie. Even though it's three and a half hours long. Uh, it is like Sorry, watch- uh, Malcolm 10. <laughs> That's Denzel, right? That is Denzel and <laughs> yeah. Spike Lee. And uh, uh, so, so good. Uh, and it reminded me just like how much of an influence Malcolm X had in my early life. Not so much anymore because I'm old now, but when I was 20. So you're more wow. of a Malcolm X guy than a MLK guy. Yeah, for sure. But I also, I mean, not not the right platform, probably. Oh boy, here we go. But I think that they are two sides of the same coin in the sense that uh, Martin Luther King is not this Disney version of Martin Luther King that exists in 2023, nope. where even like fucking Ted Cruz is spouting out words that he doesn't even understand. So I don't think it is an either or, but I think long term, Malcolm is right. No one gives you rights. You have to take them. Malcolm did advocate for a little more violence than MLK. And I think that was the that's the big key difference that most people reference when they're referring to that, but... Agreed, but it was defensive violence. I, I agree with you, though. Exactly. I think, especially as what we've seen this day and age, you have to be prepared to defend yourself. Like, you cannot trust the state to protect you, and I don't think pacifism is a, a long-term successful strategy as the other side, the Welcome evil side, libertarian talk. is <laughs> actively trying to strip away our rights one by one. So, uh, if someone's yeah. trying to strip away your rights, you need to fight back to keep those rights uh, or gain those rights. Big time. End of story. So, anyway. Anyway, Garrett, what have you been doing <laughs> since last time? Watching horror movies since none of you fucking dickheads will. That's weird. I watched plenty. But okay. go ahead. No, no, then go ahead, Mark. No. Prove me wrong. I'm not going to tell Prove you, Prove me now. wrong, tough guy. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I mentioned it in the last podcast, but um, I've been running through all the Saw films again. I really think I need to like do a, a deep dive into those. Um, I think they get a bad rap. I am not going to say there's not some absolute garbage towards the end of that franchise, but to be fair, this is one of the few franchises with this many entries that they really, really tried to make the stories connect and really have a a well-written kind of continuous thread. Now, does that thread get a little thin at times? Yes. But um, I think they did a really solid job. It gets what most long franchises get, where everyone just assumes the end ones are absolute shit. And don't get me wrong, there's some absolute garbage. I think it's number seven, where the guy pretends to be Brad Pitt from Seven. That dude (laughs) makes me laugh through the whole movie. I cannot stop laughing every time he talks. But it's pretty good. I think I'm going to deep dive that. Um, I I don't think those movies get a bad rap. I think they get the correct rap. Those those back seven are bad. Back seven? That's yes. way too many. No. Nope. One, two, and three. Stop there. Mm-hmm. Four is actually really good. The one with the detective, Hoffman. 
It's yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Dude, the level of writing dips so hardcore in those last seven. that It's not even close to part one. Mark, you're the kind of guy who watches He-Man and yeah, Alf. And those right? are bad. Yeah. I can admit that. You need to admit that those back I seven saws are bad. a little bit, but I did not say it was bad. <laughs> you could recognize bad. bad from my long experience of watching bad things. And look, that- look, when I deep dive it, you can hear all the nuance of these arguments. Obviously, you guys are a little bit wrong about your opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, also, I watched never wrong. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not watched a couple of the dead films. Uh, Joe Bob did Day of the Dead the other day on the season finale of Last Drive In. So went back and checked out um, Diary of the Dead. That was absolute garbage. Well, yeah, because I mean, I only went, Arg. it was a very boring diary. But about Bow, I'll be here all episode. How many instances of brains was written in there? It's the only time I broke it. <laughs> Reminds me of the, was it the Mighty Python skit? Why did he type Arg? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, continue. Did y'all did y'all get it out of your system? Uh, no, no, it, we got more. <laughs> we got a whole podcast to go. So, what about the live journal of the dead? I'm waiting for that film. It's the remake. It's coming. The blog up. of the dead. Yeah, Zanga, whatever. It's a dead zombie that used to be a food critic and started her own blog. It'd be dead journal though. Do you want to continue, Garrett? Or <laughs> I would we can love continue. to continue when you guys are done jerking each other off verbally here. Um, so anyway, um, also saw a bunch of trailers. Trailers. What have we seen? We got a lot of trailers. Last time we teased that the Exorcist trailer was on the way. None of us had seen it. Well, it was out. We just couldn't see it because we hadn't well, to see Oppenheimer yet. Right. That was the only way. But then like two days later, it was everywhere. So yeah. anyway, yeah. what did you guys think of the new Exorcist Well, because no one was going to go see Oppenheimer if they didn't put that trailer in front of it. It's the reason everybody went to go see uh, Mission Impossible, what was it, 2? To get like the Attack of the Clones? No. Uh, wrong. What was eh, it? Wrong. It was, it was, was Mission Impossible 3, the one where he goes to Dubai. And that was at the 10 minutes of The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, there you go. Thank you. No, but Phantom Menace trailer <laughs> was in front of some movie Wait, was it really? else wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Phantom Menace, yes. That yeah. was the first Star Wars. Yeah, I couldn't Wars, remember right? which one it was. But but I can't remember anyway. the movie. That is a completely forgettable movie. <laughs> Advertising another completely forgettable movie. I would love movie. to see the actual numbers on that and see whatever movie that had the Phantom Menace trailer, like how much money they made just because of that trailer. Oh, it definitely got a bump. Ah, bananas. Sure. Phantom Menace was culturally like, significant. Well, let's see. Kids, people who are kids when that came out, are like just hitting the point now where I bet we'll soon start getting Phantom Menace wasn't that bad. Oh, that's been happening the last, dude, yeah, yeah last years. decade. Yeah, yeah. easy. Because when you're a kid watching it, you're like, this is fucking awesome. Dude. This is the best thing I ever saw. I knew this about like, I want to say maybe like six years after Phantom Menace came out and there was kids that were like, I like Jar Jar Binks. And I was like, oh yeah, kids actually love this shit. And it's like, cool, whatever. They're Star Wars. Now Attack of the Clones, even kids fucking hated. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with the big arena fight scene? Yeah, at the yes. end. And the line of, I hate sand it gets everywhere there's so many memeable moments in those <laughs> fucking pr- trilogies um i will say that, that yes the jar jar part is definitely for kids it's just a shame that the parts meant for adults wasn't so boring no, <laughs> the yeah. shot reverse shot talking in every like giant throne room like uh, mm. but I that's was, early cg you i know? was really excited about the senate stuff but anyway we're trying to talk about the exorcist trailer <laughs> yes uh okay I can see how you get the two confused yeah very similar films but there are demons. Uh, all right, so the Exorcist trailer. Here's the problem. I was right. There was two kids. Yes, that's true. Uh, the problem. Not twinsies though. They look no. like best friends or something. Yes, I believe so. Uh, it's a f- it looks like it's going to be a competently made exorcism film. The Exorcist had the benefit of being first, so now we have 50 years of movies building upon and redoing everything that it did. This trailer didn't really show me anything super impressive. I was just like, okay, this will be a good, scary exorcism movie that I will love, but most people will probably hate. Do you think it's going to be a little different with the twins aspect or the double kids aspect? I do. I'm actually really excited about that. 
I hope it brings something unique because you're right. The trailer otherwise looks kind of like a paint by numbers exercise. Yeah. It doesn't look like they put the kids in the same place for most of the movie. I could be wrong about that, but it looks like there's actually two separate locations working in tandem as this shit's happening. I know at some point they are together, but like it looks like for a chunk of the movie when they're like both like getting their their first possess on yeah. whatever it's called. I don't know. No, I think that's it. First possess. Yeah. That's and, in the um, Roman ritual. But it looks like they're like in two separate places. I'd love for the um the mom, which who is the returning character Just in this weird. movie. Uh, I, you know? It worked. I've been through this before. Yeah. I got this, dog. Thanks to, is it Halloween now? Every franchise has got to drag out. But at least they did it well. Yes. I, to me, this is more of like Texas Chainsaw where they brought Sally back. It's ridiculous. Like, I, uh, has she been training to fight demons for well, 50 years? She has like, to have been. Like, why would she come back and be take role of the priest level? Yeah. You, know, you don't get a Rocky Four montage with her like splashing water on yes. a target trying to hit it right in the dead like center <laughs> love it she's like loading up water guns with holy water <laughs> do we think linda blair is gonna make a cameo in this i think her voice will yeah well i think they played her i wonder i'd have you to go back yourself. and re-listen if they played her voice because when she was jumping when when you first see uh the mom's character one of the the kids starts bouncing on the bed like in the first movie saying it hurts it hurts which is right out of the first movie i think they might have played or incorporated linda blair's voice in that because it mm. sounded pretty close so the one thing that i think is going to be really important for me with this film is they say that this is a direct sequel to part one. Does that mean that Legion didn't happen in this movie cinematic universe? If they if they negate three, then that is a very, very shitty thing to do because three could actually exist in tandem with this new right. requel kind of yeah. plot line. Like, I don't even understand what that means, though, because it was a self-contained story. The Exorcist one was a film. It had a beginning, middle, end. Like, what are they building on as the sequel? Like, oh, 50 years later, the same demon comes well, back. Well, Legion three picks up as if they had already dealt with the 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 Reagan stuff, and it's like their kind of aftermath and all the shit they kept dealing with with Pazuzu and all them and stuff like that. Yeah, it really it was separate following around Kinderman, right? Yeah. They only loosely talk about the events of part one in mm -hmm. passing to other detectives and things like that. So it's just a past event. Yeah. But question is, is like, did Exorcist two exist? Is that one? Yeah. No one will miss I that one. I think that one's going to be negated. I think that one will be, cause that one actually dealt with the, um, the Reagan stuff. Didn't right. It? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm not writing it off, but I'm not like blown away. You know, I'm kind of like somewhere in the middle. I'm going in with very, very low expectations, which, hey, maybe that means I'll be impressed. But right now I'm just expecting it to be. And to be I, fair, I do the same thing with our friendships and it's worked out great for me, you guys. Yeah. Keep your expectations yeah. low because people are always going to let you down. <laughs> but um, but more, you know. Uh, I also wonder about all the other exorcist stuff, right? When they're like a TV show and there was like oh, a couple the TV of other show movies and things. Banger. Yeah. The, I, I doubt they'll continue that though. And, uh, the two movies is, I think I talked about it in the exorcist yes. TV show. I did yeah. do a quickie on that. They released two different prequels at the same time because of rights and it was a whole disaster. So I wonder which would be considered the canonical or canonical rather prequel. It's like the Return of the Living Dead splinter off, and then they have two exorcists like that or something. It was weird. Okay, well, let's talk about the next trailer. You want to do Saw 10? We can talk about Saw 10. Saw X, Saw 10. I don't know. Saw Socks. 
<laughs> I like it. I like it. That took me a second to get, but damn, I'm glad I got it. What do we think of that trailer? Um, I am in. So this is a sequel to or a prequel. It like happens no, no. between one and two, right? Yes, it's a, it's a middle card, but it takes place like after the first one. And Jigsaw's going to go to Mexico. He's going to skirt the uh, American health system and look for help in another country. Well, because if you guys remember from the later movies in the Saw franchise, which you probably don't, mm, they remember. actually delve into his... Um, Talking with his insurance company, right? Yeah, it's like insurance yeah. and yeah, the yeah, things yeah. he actually went through to try to get fixed and how, you know, him and his wife, that the wife plot line's not great, but um, how they try to like kind of basically really delve into these kind of concepts. So this is basically him trying to find an alternative way to fix his cancer. And maybe sometimes you got to go out inside the normal system to make that happen. And he gets fucked over. He I gets really, taken for a ride. I want to see a Saw movie where he tries holistic and healing medicines from like <laughs> people with crystals and energy. And then he kills them all because he's a sociopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. Um, but yeah, so basically he goes to Mexico to get this experimental treatment and they kind of fuck him over. And uh, he finds out that he got taken for a ride, paid a lot of money, went through a lot of trouble. And uh, guess what? It's time to teach people a lesson. I want to play a game. How do you say that in Spanish? I know Juego's game. Wait, get, Juego's quiero game. Quiero jugar. Yo quiero juego. <laughs> I want game. Quiero jugar juego. Ah, that was nice. Very, very <laughs> This has been your Duolingo moment for the day. <laughs> I was not impressed when they revealed, uh, what's her name at the end? Amanda. Amanda. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> well, see, the thing, the thing that gets me about that is Amanda wasn't fully balls deep into, like, what she was doing with Jigsaw at that time, so I'm not sure how they're going to, like, relay that into the story. Retcon. Because she looks like she's actually, like, helping out. No, see, that's the thing is I don't think they'll do that. Out of all these nine movies, they've never retconned a single fucking thing, so I think they're going to actually, like, try to make it work. Now, you, will it work is the question. You know what this franchise was missing? Another limb Let's staple another <laughs> thing to this plot. <laughs> I'd say damn. the trailer looks fine, but also I was like, oh, great. More Saw. And uh, hey, if it's a good one, I'll like it because I do enjoy, like I said, one through three, I think are decent, you know, especially yeah. part one. I love the mysteries, uh, you know, detective side of part one. Oh, you mean oh, part one? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, because they had a whole like four, five and six part with the detective stuff. Oh, yeah, I know. He's the, um, the, the copycat killer detective. Well, he wasn't the copycat. He was actually his legitimate protege because you thought it was Amanda but actually it was Hoffman or was it because in part six I'll get into it later yeah right. you're gonna need a whiteboard for this listeners so start <laughs> oh, it's, it's a whole Pepe Sylvia type situation for yes. real I still think my favorite moment of the whole franchise is when the wife gets killed by some like fucking little race car on a fucking uh, oh it's a dream that's a dream that's my favorite yeah, part of the whole franchise like, that's the dumbest shit. because they like make her body parts swing into the camera and it's like what the fuck am I watching death by soapbox derby that's how I'm gonna go <laughs> alright what other trailers are come out recently oh, screen yeah. seven well they announced scream seven got a director the right. um talked no not talk to me <laughs> that's what we're talking about today the um happy death day directing team is going to be doing uh scream seven jai really loved happy death day and happy yeah, death day I too, did too. So, i was glad uh, you recommended that yes, movie uh two a little less so but yeah yeah and i'm sad they never made a three because they really two really led into like oh there's gonna be a three it lives inside that was an interesting trailer it was in front of Dude. Okay. Oh, I didn't know we stopped talking about Scream 7 yet, but yes, yeah, I yes. wrote that one down. What else do we know about Scream 7? We got directors. It's going to come soon. And, uh, well, it's the final one. Supposedly, this is actually yeah, going okay. to be like, I, I know, I agree, <laughs> but they're like, like this is going to be like pretty much it. Like, There's not going to be any more like, uh, Scream associated with the previous character. It wasn't Jason 7 the final? No, Jason 5 was the final one, right? So. I don't know. There was also a final chapter in Freddy, I think. Yeah, or something like so that. I'm not buying any of this final bullshit. Look, there's Friday after next, okay? Yeah. Next Friday... 
Uh, so it'll be a scream after next. It lives inside. Banger trailer, from man. From Neon Entertainment. Yeah, I'd never, uh, like, I hadn't heard anything about it until I saw it in front of It Talks to Me, or no, Talk to Me. And, it Talks uh, to Me. Uh, I was like, damn, all right, I really want to see that one. My expectations are high for this film. Uh, I may have embarrassed myself in the theater, because <laughs> when they do that scene where they point the, uh, they look at the, the closet and the two glowing eyes are there. Yes. And then the flashlight goes up, and the flashlight goes down, and the eyes are back when nothing was there. Um, I may have out loud instinctively been like, oh, fuck this noise <laughs> at the theater. <laughs> I didn't realize I was being loud. Dude, that looks scary as fuck. Mm-hmm. Homegirl's got that jar. Yeah, and I'm so happy. It's like a different, like demons from a different culture, a different take that. Yeah, it's like Indian culture. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really interested to see that one. So let's get into today's movie. We're talking about Talk to Me from 2023. This one was directed by a duo uh, brother team of Danny and Michael Filippo. When did we get to a point where people couldn't single direct anymore? Have we just reached a point in life where just people can't do things? The Daniels with everything everywhere all at once. This movie. I mean, I think come there's on. been teams, right? The Coen Brothers, the Wachowski. Cohen, I mean, do you think do you think Spielberg's like motherfuckers? I did it on my own. Maybe, but solo, baby. Ready or not was done by two guys too. There you go. Mm-hmm. Where's the dual women team? That's what I want to know. Uh, We're not there yet as a country. Yeah. We need more. <laughs> well, first, sad. we need more it's women directors. So, you know, I'm all for it, man. This is an Australian film. And uh, these fellas got famous by releasing a YouTube video that has, as of today, I think 34 million views. Wait. You're kidding me, right? A YouTube video? No, I sent you the link. Did you not I don't watch it? I you guys text messages uh, when I'm half asleep. It was pretty good. It was Harry Potter versus Star Wars. Oh, God. You Are you kidding me? It was done pretty well. Yeah. I was actually impressed. Garrett, man. No, this no, is... no shade against anyone who puts effort into something, but I hate when it's like, it's like, what if Harry and the Hendersons met Short Circuit? And it's like, God, just stop. Nah, this is pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos uh, to them then. And like, this is going to be the new thing. YouTube's been around long enough now that... In, like filmmakers are gonna get their start on YouTube, just how like no, dude, that's how it happens in comics. You can't submit to Marvel and DC anymore for legal reasons. They basically like find you on Instagram and your other published self published shit, and they basically hey, we'll offer you a job. Yeah, but if you like, listen to like Spielberg or JJ Abrams or whatever. They all used to make their videos and they're super eight. Like well, before I was a director, it's same shit. But now they can put them on YouTube. If they had YouTube back then, they would have been uploading to YouTube. Exactly, it's just the path. I mean. How many have you we seen already? So you think Spielberg be rocking YouTube? Absolutely. Yeah, you don't of think course. he'd be all snotty and be like, I'm too good for that. Not when now. he was 19 or 18 trying to break in. You're only as good as the tools available to you. As we're shooting on the stuff they had availability of. Exactly. If they had all this stuff back then, they would 100% been using that yeah. stuff. Um, I don't want to hear any shade about OnlyFans then. All right. Who's giving yeah. you any shade? Uh, <laughs> Not go, coming from Go us. for it. <laughs> Do more naked things, people. Do more naked things, people. <laughs> yeah. well, that's the shirt right there. <laughs> I mean, you see what people are willing to pay for. Ice cream's so good. Yes, you yes, yes. You were just yes. dying to say that. Yes, been, yes, yes. All week you've been dying to you, man. <laughs> it's the dumbest phenomenon to sweep the nation. Hey, I hate it. Anyway. I don't hate the hustle, man. If you can make money, go for it. Well, I'm sure no one's making money well, now that guess it's what, exploded. ladies and gentlemen? Our TikTok will have John doing ice cream so good, yeah, yeah, Yang Gang, whatever the fuck she says. You know the weirdest part about that video is she's popping single kernels of popcorn with a hair straightener. Whatever it takes, Wait, man. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. She's got a hair straightener. She takes a kernel, puts it in, and pops a single kernel at a time while she's saying all that garbage. Why is she doing that? I don't Why know. Why is she doing any of it? I don't know. Mmm, ice cream's so good. Yow, yow. Yes, yes, yes. Mmm, ice cream's so good. Fire, fire, fire. 
Regardless, yes, YouTube has been the path already for a few movies, right? Mm-hmm. What about what was the one the lights out where they would turn the yep. light off? That was a lights short out. first. Yep. Skinner Rink was a short to begin with. No, Skinner Rink, really? That <laughs> banger of a film? Ooh, yeah. yeah. The Back Rooms, I, uh, I think, is a huge, huge horror hit. And, and that's, that's going to be coming out soon. Yeah. That, that's that weird temporal uh, dimensional. Right, you kind of fall through. Yeah. 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 I tried watching a few of those. It's very off putting. It's creepy. It's, yeah, but I there's like so it. many of them now, you know? Yeah, thankfully they're short, though. So if you like, even if you watch them all, it's probably less than two hours. The one I saw was like, I think five minutes long. So mm-hmm. maybe it was a, like a collab, like a yeah, compilation. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Is these things get re-uploaded sometimes. And I'm just like, I don't know which one I'm supposed to watch. Anyway, that's an old man <laughs> moment for me. All right, back into Talk To Me. That was a wide tangent we just took. So this one was shot on a budget of $4.5 And as of this time of recording, it's made 19.3. So it's doing pretty well. This has been the most successful opening for A24 since Midsommar. 2019. I'm interested to see where this one lands. This one stars Sophia Wilde as Mia, Alexandra Jensen as Jade, Joe Bird as Riley, Otis Donji as Daniel, Zoe Terex as Haley, Chris Alozio as Joss, and Miranda Otto as Jade's mom, Sue. This is what the IMDb description says this movie's about. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill. Embalmed hand? They did mention that. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Never mind. Sorry. That's so cool. That's all cool. That's so cool. That's Mm, so cool, Yum, yum. Whatever. (laughs) That's no cap. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. I think that's pretty succinct. All right. What did we think? Oh, wait. Hold on. I forgot. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's going to be high. I'm mm. guessing you think ooh, it's high? 95%. I'm going to go I'm going to go 89. Critic or audience? Uh, I was thinking critic. critic. Yeah. John was right on the money, 95%. Get the fuck out, really? Yeah, yeah. it's really high, dude. It's oh. doing really well. Audience, I'm going to say 80. Ooh, audience, I'm going to say 89. 83. Oh, I'm good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this one because it had it gotten so much like publicity and buzz going around it before it launched. It's like, okay, this weird little indie movie that it's not a sequel. Holy shit, is this a brand new idea? Looks like it, and it seems to be taking the horror world by storm. Don't worry, they'll be Talk to Me 8 before you know it. It's on the path, <laughs> definitely. Well, what did you guys think of Talk to Me? I really liked it. Um, Especially as it sat with me. Initially, when I first left the theater, I did really like it, but I actually don't think I got it. But then as I was sort of ruminating on the drive home, I was like, oh, okay, I I understand what they were going for with this film. It was pretty creepy. I thought there were some tremendous scenes. You know, I liked all the characters. So uh, this was this was an awesome movie, especially for being some people's first time out the gate, like as a, a opening directorial debut. This is awesome. Yeah, if you went to the draft house, they had a really cool like kind of mini documentary thing about the uh, the intro to how this movie got made and how they got invited to Cannes. And so it's pretty awesome to see them uh, going through this process. They got to meet James Wan. They actually had a meeting with James oh, wow. Wan. They actually like show like them meeting James Wan for the first time. And it was like it was it was a blast watching these guys like do this. I mean, they're just having like the time of their life. So stoked. And these guys are twenty eight years old. And God, this is so where old. you're opening. Yeah, so old. <laughs> and that's the bar they're starting at, man. Yeah. It's, it's almost kind of like your Ari Oster level of like coming out the gate oh, so here high. Here we go. No, yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great to see where these, you know, these folks career uh, me, progress. Me. Well, let me tell you something you probably don't know, Garrett. These guys have been given a project 
as their next film. A project? It's called Street Fighter. <laughs> They're doing a Street Fighter movie. <laughs> now, is it based on Street Fighter, the movie, the game? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, so-and-so as Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> as Guile. <laughs> I love it. Is it actually the Street Fighter game yeah. project? Mm-hmm. Capcom's Street Fighter. I think like the sophomore outing is always the interesting one because your freshman out, like your first album, your first movie, that's the one you've been working on your whole life. Well, they call it the sophomore jinx. Yeah. So if like, I think if you can get a solid sophomore out, you know, all right, these folks are going to be around for well, a while. Well, I don't know. I mean, look at Ari Oster. Hereditary, even though not my personal jam all the time, fucking banger. Midsummer, banger. Yeah. But was afraid. Kind of rough, man. I still need to watch that Same. one. I just haven't, I can't commit to the three hours because I don't want to do the from marks. From an artistic, like filmmaking perspective, really fun, really well done, awesome. All the acting's great. Um, I really liked it, but it's not, I don't know, it's not great for, I mean, I don't, okay, let me. It's hard to explain. It's just not an enjoyable film for me. And it's not like a hereditary, like I didn't dig the mm-hmm. style of it or something like that. Because I've watched hereditary again multiple times and it's grown on me. But I was afraid it just gives me this kind of like, eh, kind of feeling all the time. And it's just like, I don't know. Interesting. Well, I have to find a block of three hours to sit down and watch it because I'm trying not to break it up like I normally do. This is one that I feel like I, need I would, to sit I would recommend watching it as yeah. a single playthrough. Right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what these guys did. Well, uh, I've done to do Street Fighter. <laughs> Okay, let me rephrase that. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Street Fighter, and hopefully it turns out good, because most of those offerings are shit. Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to go down in Street Fighter (laughs) film quality, so that's good. I'm looking at you, Legend of (laughs) Chun-Li. Anyway, talk to me. I thought this movie was fantastic. Um, I think, while not an original idea, you know, humans delving into the spiritual realm and getting fucked up for finding out. You know, for kind of like uh, like flatliners vibes, right? Yeah. Didn't they get mm-hmm. hooked on on flatlining for a similar? Yeah, they get the hooked on flatlining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember in school when people would press on other people's chests until they passed out for a split second? I remember hearing about that. I never saw yeah. that actually go people down. People did it in high school all the time. No, I did not. Yeah, move would, in those circles. They just basically keep the air out of your lungs. They squeeze you until you couldn't breathe. Then you basically lose consciousness. Some sort of like autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> it pretty much is. Maybe minus the erotic part. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's kind of what this reminded me of. <laughs> screwing around with stuff you shouldn't be screwing around with. Uh, but yeah, not while not an original idea, I think that it was executed and directed extremely well. The mood and atmosphere that grows as the, you know, the ceramic hand is used. that just keeps building and building. And well, is it embalmed or ceramic? It's kind of, it's a, okay. See, so thing, in the came, movie, it came across as ceramic for me, but I, I, I figured there's like a real hand in it, but right. it was like ceramic, ceramicized. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's yes. embalmed and then they put plaster. Okay. On it. Okay. So plasterized. Okay. So our teens are going to parties and the new fix is to play with this hand that they said was chopped off from some sort of soothsayer that had powers. And then they encased it in yeah. the ceramic yeah. or, or cement or whatever it is. Now, before we go too deep into the serious side of this movie. Do we want to find out how I felt about this movie? Or? Oh, yes, no. actually. I mean, no, I we do. don't have to. No, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Okay, Let's go. good. Because I have a very important question. <laughs> Are doorknobs in Australia unusually high? That actually can be a thing. Because they all were like at shoulder height. And I was like, I've never seen a door that's, that's, <laughs> that has a knob that high. There are different kind of housing styles that have the door handles higher. Not in the United I've States. Seen, they're I've not. seen a lot of like um, foreign films. <laughs> okay. Well, that was the number one question I had. I was like, someone from Australia will know. But it turned out Garrett knows. I'm not an expert on it, but I've seen it in yeah. multiple like foreign films. So. That really, I feel like I would smack my fucking head on that doorknob all the time. I'm short. So How if there's you getting the doors. <laughs> Mark, I am very clumsy. Okay. Very clumsy. Fair. 
Well, as John mentioned, this is an Australian film and something I didn't realize going in. So it took me a moment. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, the trailer. I was like, oh, we're down under on this. Yeah, I guess I missed it. But yeah, I wish we would bring oi to the United States. I like that as like an interjection way to get attention of people. Uh, so I say that all the time to you Australians, guys. man, you know what's up. Oi, cunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's how I want America's to sound. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's the boys, the guy from the boys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Holy fuck, that was diabolical. As I mentioned, our teens are using this ceramic hand. If you had a real th- tool, they and should be more. charging, like making money off of this thing. Capitalism has ruined America, and you're out here trying to ruin Australia too. Believe it. So you have a real thing <laughs> that 100% gets you in touch with spirits. Make money off. I guess they all must have been super rich because all those houses were mansions. But uh, but anyway, make money off that shit. This is the new ice cream so good. Yeah, movie yeah. over. Yeah. Oh man, Jesus Christ, we're gonna be cursed with this the whole episode. <laughs> Becomes it goes from like talk to me into Wall Street, you know, <laughs> like totally different movie, but <laughs> it's like some guy answers his Bluetooth, bloop, talk to me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, I can get you ten tickets, no problem. You know, it'd be awesome. That's the new sequel, man. We just made it for you. You're welcome, brothers. That's it. Get at us. <laughs> all right. Well, how does this one kick off? It kicks off with me ending this podcast. Uh, um, what a huge house party! Classic movie house party where there are no police or noise ordinances. And you see this guy walking through a house party looking for his brother. Duckett. Duckett. Interesting he, name. The whole time he's like, you seen Duckett? You seen Duckett? You see? I was like, God, I hope we meet Duckett. And that was the minute I knew we were watching a foreign film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Within five seconds. I was like, nice. what kind of name is Duckett? Are they saying Duncan? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it was Duckett. Uh, so he's looking for his brother. And that's uh, that, where I won. I was like, all right, this movie is going to be technically awesome. And it, it was because it was like it was a it was a long take. You're moving through the crowd, like the cinematography, the camera it was work a follow was on shot point. through a, a live action party. And it, there was multiple takes, but it didn't feel like it. it yeah, felt they like did it a good job of take. hiding where yeah. the cuts were. So but the angles and the way that the camera moved, I guess as cameras get smaller, you can do this kind of thing. But um, it really felt yeah. like it was a it was a part of the the atmosphere and the ecosystem of that party. Yeah, I'd love to see how they shot that. If they were, they must, I mean, I guess it must have been on a track that they someone was just pushing. Handicam man, dude, just like handheld stuff. It wasn't is enough so, bounce. I guess dude, steady the cam. stabilization now is so amazing. That's true. So amazing. So anyway, eventually they're like, "Oh yeah, your brother is locked in this room, uh, and I'm actually going to call the cops because he's creating a ruckus." This is a huge ass party, by the huge. way. There's like hundreds of kids here. The whole neighborhood, mm-hmm. and it cuts into the room, and the brother is—he's sort of rambling. I don't remember exactly what he says, but you can tell like he's oh. on the bed, facing away from the door. His back looks like it's bruised and cut, and he's like he's mumbling and saying something. And then the person who was looking for him is—I guess—is his older brother. His brother, yeah, yeah, it's brother Cole. Because Cole, thank you. So Cole just starts banging on the door, like, "Hey, let me in, let me in." They, they break the door down. yeah, just smash. Which is from the, the trailer, shit. which we thought was going to be later. I thought it was going to be later. In the movie with the hand stuff, but no, they break the door in to get to duck it right away, and they start pulling him out of the party. And naturally, everyone has their phones out. They're filming this guy having this poor like uh, mental break. And Cole's just like, "Put your fucking phones down! Like you're all dicks. What are you doing?" So this is important to describe this scene. So as he's trying to get people to put their phones down, he's he's left Ducket a, l- a couple feet behind him in the kitchen because they're like working their way out of the party in the kitchen, and he's like going up to people and knocking their phones out of their hand and he's out of frame now. Duckett is out of frame. And then as he gets people to put their phones down, he turns around to head back to Duckett and in frame a la um, Exorcist 3 with the sheet ghost thing, 
Duckett just enters frame and jams this huge butcher's knife into Cole's chest. And then he falls. He goes down. Duckett takes that knife, walks out the door in a weird haze. And then out of nowhere, takes this huge fucking knife and jams it into his head, like down to the handle. And it is intense like the way it's filmed i don't know if they sped it up or what but um the speed and the the like energy behind it it looks supernatural it was a very shocking opening mm-hmm. yeah and very effective and then hard cut to the title which is talk to me oh yeah that's right have we mentioned that yet <laughs> <laughs> talk to me that's actually how it starts yeah mm-hmm. that'd be awesome we're introduced to mia uh we're gonna find out that she's currently struggling with some emotional trauma after losing her mother from we're suicide. at her the funeral did it a funeral? Yeah, they're at the wake or whatever. Her mom's Remembrance Day is what they call it. I don't know if that's a wake, a funeral. I thought that was like two years after the fact. We're, we're removed from the funeral part, man. This is like, they're just hanging out and she's like, you didn't remember mom's death from last year or whatever? Well, yeah, the Remembrance Day. It's not like, okay, yeah. so it's not the funeral, but it's like the day of remembering when they passed away. I think it's something we do. Yeah. I think it's basically like the anniversary of a funeral mm. is the way it comes across. But yeah, this whole kind of dynamic was a little confusing at first, clearly, right? Because I was like, okay, are they sisters? Are Jade and Mia's sisters? She's always at the house. But what it is, is she's so estranged from her dad at this point. She just like, like she's the, the adopted kid over at, uh, yeah, Mia, pretty at, much. at Jade's household. Jade, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. she just found like an emotional connection that she relies on this other family now instead of her dad. Now, do we think at this point that she suspects her dad of being dishonest about what happened? Or is it the later events that kind of makes her feel that way? She seems to feel that the events surrounding her mother's suicide has not been fully explained to her. And I think we're also viewing a relationship of a daughter who was way more connected to her mother than her father. Oh, without a doubt. The flashbacks alone show that. And then that the loss of that was not able to transfer to a better relationship with her father. In fact, it's gotten worse. Yeah. I think she maybe blames him a little bit because when she tells the story later, she's like, he was sleeping on the couch and didn't hear her scratching at the door or whatever. So I think there is some tension and animosity. You think that she thinks the dad could have like, done more to, to yes, help that situation out? Like subconsciously. It's kind of like the John Cusack character thinking like, we could have helped our daughter more, you know, it's yes. kind of along the same If lines only he hadn't given her lung cancer. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he, like, she actively thinks like, dad killed mom. No, no. But, but I think there's like a sub subconscious A level of negligence. That's yeah. a very common thing, though, with death is like, why didn't you do more to help them? You know, because yeah. like, people just don't want to ex- ex- accept that sometimes there ain't shit you can do. Though, I mean, it's not his fault. As we later come up to find out, apparently this house, soundproof. Absolutely can't hear shit that goes on in any other room. That's when just you're in good a room. quality Australian construction. Yeah. It's got to do with the doorknob placement. I wish my house had that level of sound it's, density. It, it's <laughs> astonishing. Uh, we'll get to it. But man, these bedrooms. And she gets a phone call from Riley and she's like, oh, OK, right now. And then she, she just leaves it at her dad. The dad also just seems very hands off of like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? He probably doesn't know what to do. I think he's I, just giving her that distance because he doesn't know how to operate right. I, but, Maybe. But there's a lot of like hands off like yeah. parenting there that could have been at least more like, like, well, hey, where are you going? OK, have fun. Be safe. You know, like he just doesn't even give a shit. He's like, well, she's gone. I, I think he tries, though. Like he calls her throughout the entire movie. I think he just doesn't know how to handle a teenage 
teenage girl. I'll tell you what, if I didn't answer, my mom called me 15 times. I was just like a voicemail. Uh, it wouldn't just be like hell you, to pay. Yeah. Like hell oh, yeah. to pay. <laughs> True. But think that she just went through a traumatic suicide in her Do, life. Doesn't Years matter. Ago, I mean, my not mom to would say, be even more concerned. Be like, yes. What the fuck is he doing to cope? Your parents. But I think that other parents may be a little more lenient after something. Well, like I'm too glad lenient. you had parents that let you do whatever the fuck you wanted, no, Mark. Nobody but, committed suicide in my family. So I don't know how that would have happened. It's clear that, I mean, kids need structure, not whatever. I don't want to get into parenting. That was too hands off because I mean, oh, as I'm we not see saying these, it's right. I'm telling yeah. you why I think it happened. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he, so he goes and picks up Riley and this is Who's where hanging out with his boy and they're smoking a cigarette, you know, and you get this, you get this feeling that Riley's not a bad kid. You know, he actually is trying to be a good kid. He doesn't really want to smoke the cigarette. I wonder if it's like a rated innocent. R thing. Cause I know they never actually smoke the cigarette. They light it. They wave it around. They play it. They was never this look, movie rated R. Oh, that's a good question. Because I, I know there was a fuck. There was one blatant fuck. And I was like, Oh, you get one fuck. Yeah, but it's an PG Australian 13. fuck. So that's like barely even a curse word over there. Uh, <laughs> Oi, fuck. <laughs> that's just how they say hello. So they, but I was like, man, are they going to smoke this? They never do. They just sort of wave it around a lot. Uh, maybe because they don't want to show underage smoking, which you know what? I can't blame them. Maybe. It's rated R. No. Okay. Uh, all right. Maybe they're just being good stewards to well, children. I mean, you know, kids, like when they like, it's not like cocaine bear where you find a pile of cocaine, just do it straight out the gate. I mean, these kids are, I don't know if you're ever trying to do things that you weren't supposed to do as a kid. No one just balls deep, just ran into it, you know? Uh, yeah. A little bit of hesitation. Everyone's like, who's going to go first? That's true. I smoked my first cigarette under a bridge and got sick, so... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, this sucks. Why do people I know. Do I it? was there. I made five bucks that night. Yeah, I was 40. <laughs> <laughs> so she picks up Riley and they're heading back to the house and um, they, they see a dead, ra- or not dead, I almost dead said raccoon, raccoon. A, a dying kangaroo. In the road that had been hit by a car or I something gotta tell like you, I didn't know like what sounds kangaroos made, to be honest. I didn't think it sounded like that. Yeah, mm. that's actually, that's, a, that's an accurate. I believe it. I was just like, oh, I guess I've, I, I, the only sound I associate with raccoons is boing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The cartoon version yeah, of the kangaroo. Sure. So um, Riley says they should put it out of its misery. I big, well, so, man, Mia makes, she has three choices she could make. Call like the ASPCA, run it over or do nothing. She picks the worst yeah, option. The worst option is just leave. She's like, someone else will deal with that. Like, Honestly, I can me? get that. She's dealing with death. She doesn't want to be responsible for death. She doesn't want to face yeah. death right now. So I can understand her wanting to run then away from call it. the police, call somebody. To... She is in mourning. John, give her a break. I <laughs> two years in mourning. Yeah. Um, also, oh, I'm so sorry. You guys can just get over a death instantly. Yeah. It's I'm one of my still superpowers. trying to deal with princess die. <laughs> okay. Uh, a that was a long time wind. ago. <laughs> right. But this is also foreshadowing. Yes, this, this decision is going to come up again later. Uh, poor raccoon though. I did not. not uh, raccoon. <laughs> poor kangaroo. Why do I got raccoon on the brain? I'm going to get some, uh, cards, John, and show you animals and how many come out to be a raccoon. Here's the thing. The old McDonald farm. We need to get you one of those little play school things. Kangaroo not on there. I'll tell you what a chicken does, <laughs> what a cow does. You need to know the goat goes there, the sheep goes, bah, I'm ready. But I only know them American animals out on the farm. <laughs> the truth. So she backs up to run over this uh, kangaroo, not a raccoon, to basically put it out of its misery, but then she can't do it and she zips around it. And Riley's really kind of bothered by it. Like he's really upset that they're leaving that animal there to suffer. But Riley is just now face to face with, is she willing to like embrace death like that? What if Riley is like getting a little bit of that foreshadowing feeling and was like, oh man, I'm about to be this kangaroo. Maybe. Yeah. I uh, just think that he wanted to see that animal not suffer. I no. agree. I mean, she, look, I should have called somebody. Yes, I agree. I don't think I could have run over that kangaroo. I would not have done it, but I would have called somebody. Yeah, you should have called. Yeah. But so anyway, 
she gets to Jade's house and she goes inside and they go to Jade's room. Jade's on the phone, chit chatting with her boyfriend, Daniel. And they're like, yo, you didn't pick me up. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, you see, waffling and all that whole fun stuff. And um, at this point, what? They decide they're going to go to a party? Well, so, yeah, Mia's like, oh, you know, it's my mom's remembrance day and I, I don't want to be alone. Like, can well, we she go? Was, she was kind of pissed at Jade for not showing up. Yeah. And Jade was like, well, I'm sorry I wasn't there. And she's like, well, you're talking to Daniel trying to get it wet. You know, like, I don't remember exactly what she said, but. They keep saying Daniel hasn't even kissed her yet. Like, he's very, he's very religious, religious or whatever. Yeah. So they haven't done anything, really. Daniel's a good boy. That's and true. Mia dated Daniel before Jade. Well, mm-hmm. I, see, mm-hmm. did they dated date? Dated in quotes. Yeah, like she keeps, High school dated. Oh, they yeah. held hands once. Yeah, that sounds like elementary school dated. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how long ago was boobs. this? We sat next to each other in the lunchroom. Yeah. I gave her my French fries. We're officially a pair. I think by the time you're in high school. date shaming? Come on. If you're if you're dating everyone you've held hands with, boy, that's that's something. Wait a minute, we're not counting that. Don't go to church, man. Yeah, that's you're gonna true. Have so many spouses. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to the movie. Yes. So they show a video. They see a video of or Mia shows Jade the video of this talk to me hand, and she's like, "Do you, let's go. They're having another party. Like, I want to go try this. Let's well, fucking Jade, go." Jade thinks it's bullshit. Well, Jade doesn't even want to go. She wants to go out with Daniel. She gets guilted to go, and Jade is the most level-headed person. In this whole movie, but she's because when they got there, they gave they gave Jade a hard time. Like, why is Mia here? Yeah, they didn't want Mia there because she's weird. Weird, yeah. Uh, which you know what? That was the most realistic part. Eventually, they get to this party and they bring Riley too because Riley's like, "I'll tell mom that you left me if you don't take me to the party." So the whole gang goes to the party, and then we just see scenes of Mia trying to make friends, and she's just sort of well, looking this, at the fish tank. And this this scene right here was actually very well done because it was very realistic of like what a high school type party yeah. was. They're not like ragers. They're not like going crazy um there are a lot of to duck it yeah, yeah. duck it's parties do oh, um a lot of times they're just like normal just kind of like chill get together with people just trying to like interact and mingle and yeah then they, then they get kind of wild later on but, but i felt for me i was like man i've been there just trying to find your way into some social circle or like she sits down and like talks to one guy and he's like yeah okay that's nice and then just like walks off I was like, oh poor mia yeah, she's looking for acceptance in this party, I think. And they are not giving it to her. But eventually, it's time to hold the hand. So this party seems to be hosted by a girl named Haley and a guy named Joss. Haley seems to have gotten all her fashion tips from Home Improvement's JTT. Dude, 90s fashion. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, she looked just like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Down to the long sleeve shirt and giant baggy shirt over that one. It's coming back, man. It is The, the Gen Z kids are all about the 90s fashion. Weird. See, I knew if I just kept it the same long enough, I'd loop right back <laughs> Dude, around. It's true. I saw a kid the other day uh, wearing, My basically. God. I saw a kid the other day wearing <laughs> jinkos. I, they were. They were the jinko shorts all the way down to his ankles. Uh, huge. You could fit 10 of this guy in one leg. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's back. No wild chain though so i guess he didn't just know a reminder that. to our listeners john is the youngest out of all of us i never wore jinkos that was not my style ever i got a pair downstairs if you want them i, I did wear as we was, could fit 10 of you inside of yeah, them as was the style at the time i did wear the very large oversized white tees though nice. that, that was more my my, okay. my my gang so Haley and joss break out 
this hand. The hand. And, and they say, um, talk to the hand. They've clearly been doing this for a while, right? Yeah. This isn't the first time they've been doing it. Um, so I wonder how long they've been in possession of this hand. Well, we kind of, well, we don't know the timeline, but we know he had it. So right after Duckett. Well, I thought him and Duckett were fucking around with it, but then he, he got, took oh, ownership that's right. of it yeah, from it was, Duckett. Because eventually Duckett says, I don't need it anymore. Duckett is saying, I don't need it anymore. I see them all the time yes, now. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it was very close to when Duckett died, yeah. but we don't know how far of a span and Cole, that is. Cole, the older brother who got stabbed in the chest, he gives it the Joss because he wants nothing to do with it because that's what killed his brother. Like he knows this thing's fucked. I'd be done with it. Instead of destroying it, gives it to someone else. Now I understand it's a horror movie. You got to keep the good thing going. But man, like why do they do this? Burn the monkey's paw. Crush the ceramic dead hand. Well, they think they know the rules, right? Which are in the trailer, but just don't go for longer than 90 seconds. Yeah, and they you, still can't fucking do that. So the hand, the hand situation is they break out this embalmed ceramic hand and then you you touch it you say talk to me which invites the spirits to you and then you say let me in which will allow the spirit to inhabit your body and then interact with those around you now the thing is you can only do this for up to 90 seconds because any longer than that oh you have to light a candle at the beginning of this and blow the candle out when you're done right, to open the door and close the door yes and they call it, yeah as you say close the door um you can't do more than 90 seconds because the spirits will not leave after that point you potentially let them in permanently if you do not get them out after 90 seconds. So those are the rules. We've established that now wonder, for the rest of the movie. Like how many people had like figured that out, right? They started at like five minutes or like fuck it, too long. All right, four minutes, 30 seconds. And then, and then they just kept losing people till they found out I 90 seconds. I imagine it went shorter to longer. I imagine people kept like doing it like, like, oh, I'm going to go like flatliners. I'm going to go for two minutes. That's I'm why go for three minutes. You are the brains of this operation. I'm it's like, start being 10 minutes. Let's see what happens. We'll work our way down. The population just dies because John goes the yeah. opposite way. But what we didn't see was the box and the instructions. That said Milton Bradley on it. Oh, uh, it was written on the mm -hmm. hand. Yeah, yeah bro, this is Hasbro. You know it. <laughs> it's right next to the Ouija board. You turn the hand upside down, and right there at the bottom, you <laughs> made <know>. in China. <laughs> what? Not, not for children. Yes. <laughs> so the first one to go at this party is Mia. Again, she's looking for some sort of acceptance among her peers. Haley is giving her a lot of gruff, full sass, yeah, full I mean, sass, m -m 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 maximum sass. The minute they walked into this party, Haley. AKA JTT lookalike mm -hmm. is all like you brought her. She's such a fucking bummer. Like, <laughs> why did you bring her to this party out of all the people you could have brought in the world? You brought her and you know, I hate her. I'm just like, God dang, calm down yeah. Haley. But it's so weird. Cause yeah, she comes out so hot, but then after Mia does the hand once, they're like best friends, but <laughs> anyway, proving herself. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Now, do you think that, um, I know that Mia's dealing with the death and stuff like that. And they did mention this as a, an afterlife type thing, ghosts and stuff like that. Do you think that she did this to kind of be closer to death and understand this whole situation? Or do you think this was strictly a social uh, impress my peers type thing? I think it's 100% the second. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't I, think she has any interest in the spiritual at this point. I thought I was putting a little bit more like she wanted to kind of like, you know, like dabble in that to kind of understand it and try to make herself better. But I, I felt like I was putting that on the character. Now, mm -hmm. So if you guys thought it was more social, it's probably that. I thought that. And like, as I was, I was driving home and kind of sleeping on this movie. <laughs> sleeping while I was driving home. Yes, as you do, right? Uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I wonder if there's like some allegory of drug use here. Dude, well, yes. Oh, yes. 
Yes. Which is why like, you said you go for five minutes. Like you wouldn't take a pile of cocaine and like, I'm going to do it all and then we'll do less if we need to do less. Like, yes, no, there is very I much won't. a one more hit. The, the, the montage scene later where they keep like, you know, yeah. going back and forth and we have that like badass banger of a montage scene. That was a great that's banger. That's totally passing around the fucking pipe. That's totally like passing around the J, lacing it with something. And they also do mention when you do this. You get uh, euphoric feeling. Yeah, you get an out of body experience and you become the passenger. Because the first time Mia comes back, she's like, that was amazing. Yeah, this is totally like a so, drug related allegory. But I think what thing. you see, what you see in this movie is, yeah, she starts to do it socially to hang out with her friends and it's so much fun and then she kind of gets addicted to it. It destroys her life and, you and know, then the rest of the I learned it from watching you, Dad. Right. No. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what happens. She doesn't really say that. <laughs> she's melted onto the sofa. She's like, you're more fun when you're not holding hand. I think there's a little bit of a stronger reason for her quote unquote addiction to the device. Yes. She starts seeing a demon that's pretending to be her dead mother. Well, Later yes. On, yes. So now she's wanting well, connection to her mother to get a more of a reasoning for why she well, left. Let's, let's hold on that because I had some questions about whether it was pretending, whether it actually was, you know, again, oh, it's definitely pretending. Yeah, I know. Agreed. <laughs> but like, I want to delve deeper into that. So let's get through this point here. So Mia sits down. She's going to be the first to do it. She says, talk to me. And then I love the way this plays out. They say, talk to me. And it's like a medium shot of the person holding the hand. Then the camera turns or cuts to the opposite side of what they're looking at. And you see the demon they're talking to. And the first one was what? The drowned lady? Yeah. Yeah. It was a a kind of a very pale, wet woman. It was definitely bloated and kind of like fucked up from drowning. Looks kind of confused. Like, why am I here? I mean, I would be confused. Yeah. Well, the, the very end of the movie is going to shed some light on that, literally, but up bumps. But um, yeah, so she freaks out. But finally, she says, uh, I let you in. Right. And now the spirit of this drowned woman is going to take over her body. And she immediately starts yelling at Riley. So well, she's let's talk about the fact that they, they act like the, the human who's touching it. They're going through some like what, what like the death because she's like drowning for a minute. As well, the I think they all do her. that. It's yeah. all like each time you think that that's happens. just the, the yeah. transfer process. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> it's not related specifically to the person they're talking to. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I think okay. it's just part of the process of getting that. De- uh, she was spirit gurgling in and I was like, is she drowning yeah. too? Like this person did. I was like, I thought it was maybe yeah, more related to the person. Time I thought that, but later on, like when Daniel does it, Haley seems to know what's going on. Even like, Riley kind of has wait, that. You're right. You're right. Okay. And if you want to parallel to drugs, you watch their eyes dilate like a motherfucker. That's true. Like well beyond like normal drug use. Like I don't think your eyes should be that dilated. They become anime characters. And I can tell you what, if I'm at a party and I watch somebody's eyes go like that, I'm getting the fuck out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm like, uh, that is not for me. Well, yeah, I would never be at a party with where I know for certain that demons will be there. <laughs> and Could you imagine? No, let's, let's take a moment and let's literally put ourselves in that shoe. You're at a party. Someone takes out a ceramic hand, touches it, and that person just basically becomes possessed and goes through that. Do you literally get up and leave or are you just yes. fascinated and watch this play out? Well, I would wait until the person like I wouldn't want to You'd be polite. <laughs> cause them to be okay, trapped or okay. anything and cause trouble. So I'd wait till they're back and done, and then I'm fucking leaving. Gee, look at the time. Well, gotta go. Keep in touch. Yeah, Thank you. Like, Have a good day. I don't believe in this kind of shit, but I am not fucking around with whatever's going on here. God, you guys know me. Like, I'm the first to burn down a haunted house, but I can't say that I wouldn't be tempted to try this hand. No, not a chance. Not a chance. To know, though, that that's really, there is an opposite side. There's a It seems miserable. All they would do is make me more, like, terrified, I guess, of dying. Because, like, oh, is this what's going to happen? I'm going to look like these people? That's some real existential shit you got yeah, going on there. I don't want to know if there's an afterworld or whatever's going on with that. But the other thing is, is it depends on how many beers I've had. 
Uh-huh. This, this is true. I've seen you do a lot of stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. I'll, I'll, I make all are. the best decisions after about 14 beers. Yeah, so well, I would probably end up hand, <laughs> holding that hand. <laughs> Imagine you're so drunk. You're like, I let you in. The, the demon's like, nah, I'm all right, Mark's dude. Mark's the kind of guy that after 14 beers grabs a hand and fake makes it jerk it off and is like, let you in. And then basically. I would not do that. <laughs> That's too crude. But what happened is <laughs> I'd be like, too crude. <laughs> I'd be like, let me in. And then like, keg stand. <laughs> okay. So we've established that this is all fucked up. Now the door closes automatically like there's some supernatural stuff happening why mia is possessed and one thing i really liked about this movie is everyone had cell phones we always complain about movies editing out cell phones so you can't call or record or anything like that everyone's recording video of everyone doing this like they do not shy away from like the capturing aspect of this uh these events now do you think that the way the social media works and live streams and all this stuff like mia jade and riley would not have been aware that the previous owners like of this hand went crazy and killed himself and all, and tried to kill his brother because that reveal happens a little later. I, uh, I guess if they're like, you know, they go to different schools or something like, I mean, I get it with social media, but it does seem like they do all have cell phones, but they also don't seem to use like Twitch or well, some sort of Facebook knockoff. It all seems like well, to the be murder at the party. They, they mentioned a little bit later, the murder of the party that they didn't know that it was related to the hand. They didn't, Ducky didn't have well, the hand at the point. party. I like, yeah, I don't, saying. I'm saying I don't think that would be true. I think they would know. True, but, but I'll be honest. I don't know what you guys are up half the time. I don't follow your Instagrams constantly. Yeah, I you're mean, not 17. <laughs> yeah, but the way that these videos were being presented, like I feel like they would have said, oh, that's that guy that killed himself. Here he is with the hand. Like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, uh, I, I get what you're saying. I didn't really think about it at the time, though. So I'm going to say if it's a plot hole, it's a pretty small one. You don't really think about it when you're watching the movie. Basically, uh, they all the uh, Mia does the hand. It's great. It's very spooky. They cut to the school the next day, and Jade goes up to Haley and is like, "Hey, my boyfriend Daniel wants to do it. Can you come by my house? Uh, it'd be great." And they they they, they frame it in retrospect for me because I'm dumb. Obvious to Marka and Garrett. It's a drug deal. Haley's sitting on the back of her car. She's smoking, and Jade's all nervous coming up to her like, "Can you come to my house and and do we we can do the hand?" And she's like, "All right, I'll be there at 10. And we get a scene in the house where the mom kind of senses that a party's going on and she's trying to get them all to narc on each other. Confused. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty well done scene. She keeps trying to trick the kids into giving up the, the fact there's a party going to happen tonight. Yeah. She's like, I Jade, like that scene. Yeah. She's like, Jade already that. told me. I just forgot what time it was. Can you, can you tell me? And the brother's like, Riley's like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then Haley shows up with the hand and we get the montage scene. Uh, it's passing around the bong. Yep. Uh, Daniel does it. He gets possessed by some sort of pervert demon who knocks the Oh, ch- yeah. That whole thing. <laughs> that was weird. Well, a, it's a callback from the first possession where Mia gets um, possessed and she looks over at Riley and, and, and the demon in possession. She's like, ooh, he likes you and points to Riley. And Riley's like, what the fuck? And then later on, and this one, when Daniel gets possessed again, like that demon is back again because it's like looking at Riley and like talking to Riley specifically or something like that. But um, is this where he falls off? Yeah, he, uh, falls he falls off, off the table or the chair and starts dry humping because so the thing is he looks at Jade and there's always this contention of like Jade and Daniel and Mia and Daniel, you know, maybe will they won't they kind of thing. Um, looks at Jade. Nothing happens. It looks at Mia and then he just starts going to town and jerking himself off. And Jade is kind of like, what the fuck, bro? That's not cool. Then he falls off the chair and then starts dry humping the floor and making out with a dog. Gross. That dog was down. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> that dog was down. The dog was DTF. <laughs> they had to go put it in another room. They go, put your horny dog in another room before we continue with Bro, the party. It's not the dog's fault. It's just a dog. 
as the party's going along, they see a few different spirits. Mm-hmm. So my question to you guys was, do you think it was all the same demon no. taking on different personas? Knowing the ending, like, I say no. At the time, I thought yes, but then when we get the reveal of the end... Uh, I See, like, I oh. immediately thought it was multiple different demons. Like, each time you jump in, like, each person's different. Like, each person gets a different demon. Like, whoever's just connected to that person. Because they have different personalities. See, that, the thing I got from this is that, like, we are all are kind of connected to this spiritual kind of, like, afterlife thing, and maybe there's demons and spirits and stuff that are connected to us as people and our own capacities, and so everyone's kind of got their own little, like, area that they dabble in. I believe there is one central demon attached to this hand. And that really? every single soul that we see is someone that's fucked with the hand and got caught. Oh. We'll say, okay. I buy that. But so we're, we're to believe that everyone in that shunting limbo area that's fucking with Riley are all hand people. We also don't know if that's real. Yeah, I don't believe that that is... A you think that was a vision that she was just showing mm-hmm. that to get Riley to get killed? I think so. I think the main person being haunted here is Mia. Yes, I agree with that. I think everything that we see about uh, Riley is from her perspective. You know what I mean? So I don't think any of that's true. Right, because we did, despite talking about the seed forever, we forgot two important parts. That and also Mia holds onto the hand for 91 seconds because when they go to get it off, it won't, she won't let go. The two, the, she's just gripped onto the hand and it takes them an extra second to separate Mia from the hand. So now she's going to be able to see these things or it or whatever's connected to the hand outside of using the hand. A Kinda little like bit. A tad. Yeah. Yes. I think after She this, went a little bit too far, so she's got a little bit of that lingering effect. Yes. But then after this sort of round robin go, I think that opened the door quite a bit. And the montage scene as they're all playing around with the hand after, because Daniel gets recorded doing this and he's like, everyone delete that shit. Let it go. Let it go. And like, they're like, okay, fine. We'll delete it. Then we can smash into that montage scene where everyone's fucking with the hand and having a blast. And these kids are digging this. They are digging fucking with demons mm-hmm. and or spirits or ghosts, whatever, whatever the are, fuck. Yeah. And party goers, let me give you a tip. Stick to the spirits that come in a bottle. Not the one that takes your soul. Bro, that's that's good advice. That's Grave Talk approved. Look, I'm not one to say let's fuck around with demons and ghosts, but at the same time, like, it's gotta be funner than just getting drunk. No, I don't think so. In this instance, I think alcohol is safer. (laughs) (laughs) What a weird, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's very few things alcohol is safer than, but this is one. This is the one. So finally, Riley's like, he's feeling the peer pressure. Like he's feeling left Left out of the party because they're actually, this is taking place at his house. And he's like, I want to do it. They're like, bro, you're 14. Yeah. The the sister's like, no way. If you you do anything, get fucked up. Mom's going to kill me. Like there's a lot of reasoning why they don't want it to do it. But Mia kind of takes his side. Well, Riley goes to me. He's like, come on, Mia. Come on. Like, I know mom said no, but dad, you know, it's that whole situation, that Mm -hmm, dynamic. mm -hmm. And Mia finally relents. He's like, okay, we'll go for 50 seconds. Okay. And we'll have plenty of time to get the paw off him. I'm sorry, the hand off him before it's too late. And Jade says, fuck no. And then there's this whole moment where the Daniel, Jade, Mia thing basically kind of sets Jade off and she leaves the room. Yeah. Very like, yeah, these people, obviously they're brothers, so they, they know how siblings fight. Yeah. And not just that, just like how teenagers, you yeah. know, are and stuff. But like, yeah, it's a just... really well done scene. So Jade leaves the room and then uh, Riley's like, come on, come on. They're like, okay, fine. You can go for 40 seconds. That's it. So they let Riley go for it. And Riley gets possessed. He lets the demon in 
And I think it's that one demon that wanted him, the one that's like, ooh, he likes you. That demon is inside Riley now. Well, the, the, the spirit that Riley sees when he says, talk to me, is Mia's mother. And as soon as the Mia's mother overtakes Riley, that's when Mia's like, mom. And she starts freaking well, this, out. Okay, so this goes back to the thing. I don't think that was really Mia's mom. Absolutely not. No. I think this is a demon because later on in the movie, they like, they, they're like, maybe these demons can read our mind. Yeah, but it's tricking Riley to get to past. say things to make Mia be like, don't let it go yet. Like he's right. using Mia's insecurity and, and grief to basically let him stay in longer. Absolutely. So they go past the 90 seconds because Mia's refusing to end the seance because she wants answers from her mother. And then it leads right to the most brutal fucking scene of the movie this was like down hard to watch it really was dude was so intense and so riley is possessed riley is tied to this chair he takes his head and he starts bashing it into the table in front of him and the first couple times you're like oh damn you see the bruise on his face you see a little bit of the damage then the third time he goes down and there's blood splatter the foley work the foley work on those slams the the sound design in this whole movie is fantastic with the exception of a few moments where the dialogue and the background audio is a little bit too close and you can't always extend what they're saying there was a couple moments in the Mm -hmm. movie i was like i don't know what they're saying right now and again that was just i think that's just a weird mixing a little bit a mixing balance yeah. issue but for the most part the foley work the ambient the all the the sound effects phenomenal in this movie but so the third time he goes down blood splatter on the table and he comes back up and he's like his face is cracked like it's busted open and they're like holy shit and they go to grab and try to get it off and he's still just whap 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 on the table and then the chair kicks back and he slides across the like the room on the chair against the wall. And he is next to like an end table type thing, like a little dresser type thing. He also tries to pry his own yes. eye out. And that was rough. That was hard to watch. He came close. He, he was on the way of taking that eye out. The, the, I'm just like, oh, oh. the fingers were underneath the eyelids. Yeah. Like, and you're seeing it. So it's not like like subtle. It's, it's right there in your face. At this point, when the chair. I'm getting squirmy just thinking about it. <laughs> Jade runs in the room. She's like, what the fuck is going? And she goes to get her brother. That's when the chair slides across the room away from her because she gets knocked on the floor. And then he starts bashing his head against the corner of this table. And then Jade goes and puts her hand in the the way of the head and the table to like block it. And he headbutts her hand and I think like bust her hand. Yeah, he broke a few of her fingers. Yeah, she's got that taped up later. Yeah, it's like it. And she like recoils like as if someone hit her hand with a fucking hammer. It's probably what it felt like. So I get that. And uh, man. And so at this point, like they finally get the hand away and and, uh, and I call the cops. And so the remainder of the movie, we're going to have Mia seemingly make poor choices. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that that was justified? Because what she just witnessed is fucking horrendous. But she's going to continue to use the fucking hand to try to communicate with her quote-unquote mother. Yeah. So at first, I was like, this is stupid. No one would act this way. But then I was like, right, she's a kid. So you got to knock off, you know, logic pretty much immediately. All right, fine. Young adult, <laughs> late teen. Um, like I, I think the demon also, or the, the whatever's possessing her or attached to her, is like feeding off of her because she also just looks worse and worse as this movie continues. The demon or Mia? Mia. Mia. Yes. Okay. Um, so I think it's like her. She's not a hundred percent there. She's going through a lot of terrible shit all at once. She's you know very young. So I do. I can see the logic in her choices in retrospect. I think it's a little more simple 
and a per, her, the thing is, she had a connection with her mom that she does not have with her dad. She has no love in her life. She tried to connect to Jade's family, and it's just not the same. She 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 wants that so bad that she is willing to dabble. And then we also find out there's that whole insecure. Um, maybe she she thinks that more happened to the death, the suicide, than the dad led her on to believe. Because obviously the demons feed off your insecurities and shit like that. So she was like, don't believe them. There was more to it. I think that she is just she wants answers. She wants connection. She wants that like that closure so fucking bad. She's willing to make bad decisions. Yeah. We've seen people make bad decisions for less out there. But later in the movie, when she finally when her dad gives her the note and, and then her mom's like, that's all that's fake. And fake and, note. Yeah. And I'm like, at that point, though, I think that something has to explain that jump, right? She's seen that these, these demons, she, she knows that they're bad. And yet she still is like, not this one though. Even though her mom basically looks like a fucking demon. At well, this they don't point. know they're demons. They just think they're ghosts. They Whatever. They're ghosts. ghosts. Even ghosts. These are obviously, there could uh, be good ghosts malignant out there spirits though. And what she's some telling them could be some of them could be good. And what she's telling Mia to do is exactly the opposite. She knows if he dies, if Riley dies, he's going to be trapped there forever. And yet she, her, her mom is like, you have to kill him. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. I think we're supposed to believe that she's so far gone with this um, back and forth with this entity that uh, she can't make good decisions anymore. See, the way it played off for me when I when the way the, the, the ghost mom was talking to me, it was like the only way to get him out of there is to kill him so he can escape that place. So that's the way, the way I took it is like you have to kill him to free him from this limbo death orgy that he's in. That's not what she, all she told him was I'll protect him. It's like, uh, that seems shady. But she says the only way he can get out of here is if he, if he dies. It's about as vague as the uh, mother from Evil Dead Rise when she's looking into the people and we're like, <laughs> come on, baby, your dad's over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm not saying it's solid, but again, like when you go from, why would Mia think that her mom's lying to her? You know, again, sure, from an outsider's perspective, we can say that's probably a malevolent spirit. That's probably a ghost. But she doesn't know the ghost is the mom ghost has done nothing to give me the impression that she's going to fuck with them. I think the movie's done enough to justify the choices, even yes. though we know they're bad. Yeah, I it's not like that. the other be- like horror movies where we're just like, we can't accept a particular character's action. You know, it's not like that. It's a stretch, but I, I it's do. a family member you love. That spirit's done nothing to show them that she's bad just yet. She's only been trying to help her like your dad's lying to you. Like, again, giving her information on things that she's insecure about. Now, granted, this is all manipulation tactics by the monster demon ghost thing. But like, again, I, I didn't feel like there was any reason for Mia to mistrust unless you just want to be spe- skeptical of ghosts. Which is probably just a good way to live. Yeah, that's like a great rule. But again, as you mentioned, kids, they're not always... I'll give them that. They're not as versed in the paranormal as we are. So Mia has taken the hand. She's now at home. She's got the hand in her backpack, and she starts dabbling by herself. Well, because the cops come to this party and start interviewing everyone, and she takes out the hand. But as Joss, you think you'd be a little more protective of that thing. I think they wanted to be as far away from it Mm -hmm. as possible so they didn't get blamed for it by the cops. Okay, all right. So I wouldn't be surprised if Josh is like, get this out of there. See, that's the thing. That was the one thing I was like, why would you let that out of your sight? But then it's like, good point, Mark. So she's at home and she's talking to her mother back and forth. And she eventually... Well, right before she does that, she does confront her dad and be like, I think there's more to than what you're telling me. Not like I think you killed her or anything like that, but he's like, I don't think you're being truthful with me about all of mom's stuff. And well, the dad is trying to be a parent and yes. he's like, you're, you're, you're not telling me everything, Mia. And she's like, well, you're not telling me yeah. everything yes. about mom's death. And that scene was actually really important because the, the ghost was all like, I didn't kill myself to leave you. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Cause the ghost kind of drops the bomb of like, I didn't do this on purpose. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Now we have a, 
Well, Mia already knew that. That's the story that her dad told her, that she act, that her mom accidentally took too many sleeping pills. Well, that's what I'm saying. The ghost in the, the last interaction yeah. was all like, I wouldn't kill myself like that. Not, I wouldn't want to hurt you. So cast even more doubt in Mia's mind that maybe there was more to it than just she took too many sleeping pills. Right. Mm-hmm. So Mia's going to dive into the comfort of this ghost mom instead of her actual living father. Yeah, this is actually all of her dad's fault. To be honest, his wow. dad should have just told her the truth right away. Like hiding something like that from a kid. I mean, like I guess it's different if she was like six. But if we're to believe this was two years ago, she was she's a teen. Fifteen. She, yeah. Like you should have a, a serious conversation. Your mom went fucking crazy and like went nuts, ape shit, and killed herself. Okay, maybe a little bit more politically correct than that. But like, yeah, like hey, your mom is suffering from depression. You know, we whatever the case may be. I don't know. Like we don't get enough backstory for me to craft a conversation. But you have. Have this note like hiding it is like the worst thing you could do because even I don't, if I don't think the note was real, I don't think the note was real. What? Because he reads that note and oh, then, that note is one hundred percent. Yeah, what are you talking so? about? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so the ghost tricked you, too. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you rascal ghost, you. Well, I've because after he reads the note, later later on in the movie, he reads the note to her. She runs to the room, and then the, the demon dad with the note shows up at her door to go inside. That wasn't demon dad, though. It was demon dad, because regular dad was sitting on the couch out in the living room. He read that to her before she ran to the room. Yeah. That was out in the real but the, room. But the dad who showed up at the, the door to she go goes into her room, that is demon dad. But the note was read out I, front. I, See, I thought it was just a contain because the thing is, the dad at the door before he goes into a room has the paper in his hand. So I thought Demon Dad was the one who was reading the note because the, the dad at the door has the paper in his hand. I was like, oh, shit. So yeah. why would Demon Dad suddenly have the note if regular dad was out in the living room? So there, there's a very real note and a very real uh, circumstance. Okay. So the note is legitimately yeah. real. Yeah. Okay, okay. The circumstance surrounding the mother's death, it, well, there is a little bit of information the dad's keeping okay. from Okay. Well, then that, that clarifies mm-hmm. one question I had because if, if we're, if we're going to take the note as being the real event that happened, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So while she's using the hand alone in her room, the mother or the spirit pretending to be Mia's dead mother says, you need to help Riley. He's trapped and they are torturing him and he will be tortured forever unless you help him. Let me show you what he's up to. (laughs) We get a nice little scene of poor old Riley being shunted by (laughs) a bunch of people in the middle of hell. And I was like, oh, wow. It's a real split second. But, you know, once you see shunting, that's Mm -hmm. all you ever see. Oh, you recognize shunting quick. (laughs) Yeah, you see one frame. So she vominoses over to the hospital where she's immediately attacked by uh, Riley's mother. She's like, get the hell out of here. This is all your fault, Mia. And I was like, how did we get to that conclusion? Mia's had drug problems before in the past. The mom really thinks she gave the kid something that fucked him up like this. And then she's like, get out of here. I don't want to ever see you again type thing. You're not part of our family. And like you said, Jade is just like, get the hell out of here. This is all your fault, which it kind of is. Confronted it is. by the mom. Let's not say attacked, but right, confronted right. Not by the mom. physically attacked, but yeah, confronted and, and yelled at. a lot at. of attacking going on in this movie. Daniel's like, hey, I'll take you home or whatever. And I'm sorry, if you're trying to keep your uh, friendships on the up and up, you don't let the boyfriend sleep in your bed. Well, he says he can't go home because he's lied about where he is. And so he's like, I can't go home. And she's like, where are you going to stay? And he's he's 18. So the cops didn't have to take him to his parents. Yeah. My parents find out about this. I'm fucking dead. So she's like, well, you can come stay at my place then. So you don't come stay at my place means get on the couch and I'll be in the room with the door shut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, because these are all soundproof homes. Apparently her dad didn't even notice that, uh, Daniel came in and the scene that's about to happen was dad's a coal miner. He's gone for weeks at a time. (laughs) (laughs) He works offshore. Yeah. That's clearly it. But yes, especially when you have the feelings you do 
for your ex-boyfriend like that? Like, eh, don't fuck around like that. But her her excuse is, I don't want to be alone right now. Right. Understandable. Okay. Very understandable. And I do feel bad for Mia because, like, when they do eventually go to sleep, feet to head, she, like, gets as close to I Daniel. hate to break that to you. That's just one hop, skip, and a jump away from 69. <laughs> All right? <laughs> uh, minus the skip and the jump. <laughs> it's one hop. <laughs> yeah. Good roll. But uh, she puts her arm, like, just touching his leg, and I felt like so bad for her. She it put her a, face into a shin. Yeah, like, she wanted physical human I touch. Know, I know what's going on. I felt bad for her. I was like, sure. yeah, this poor thing. And even the sequel, <laughs> Shinamarink. <laughs> <laughs> so while she's asleep, she gets possessed by a drowned uh, ghost lady or demon or whatever you think is going on. But we don't know that. We just see a demon pop up and start sucking on Daniel's toes, right? She has a dream of making out with Daniel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And then she wakes up from that dream and she sees the drowned, drowned lady in the corner mm. of a room. Mm-hmm. And then it, the, the demon comes up to Daniel. And she's like, Daniel, wake up. Daniel, wake up. And obviously, and the demon starts sucking Daniel's toes. Yeah, yep. buddy. And when Daniel wakes up, it's Mia sucking the toes. Ooh. And you know what? Toe sucking will never be as disgusting as it ever been at this point. Yeah, I think we're underselling it by calling it. I mean, she had like his whole foot in her mouth. <laughs> yeah. I thought she was going to eat his I thought, foot. Yes. I thought she was eating him too at first because it was just such a... Again, the whole front end of his foot is in her <laughs> mouth. Like, I don't know if you've ever toe sucked before, but that is not what yeah. you do. This is not sensual. She was eating that foot. And this is more of why I think this is a demon. I mean, let's say that we were dead and we didn't realize we were quite dead. Wow, we're getting real into it here. Mm-hmm. And then we show up and there's like a, a someone's toes that you can just go ahead and suck on. <laughs> like, I don't think that's going to be what we do. No. We're going to be confused. We're like, what are we doing in this person's room? I feel like if you got demon powers, you can do whatever you want, right? Uh, but that's what I'm saying. I think this is a demon I, pretending to be these spirits. I, I don't think there's any spirits. Mm. I agree with that. I'll tell you, I'll be pissed as shit if I'm dead and well, still well, going then, to work. Okay, well, then, but how does that fucking X that circle when Mia becomes part of the limbo and can go into Well, that's thing? my part where I said, like, I think there are spirits attached to the hand that get tricked. But I think in this instance... You're thinking this one's... I think, I think this is more of an insidious thing where some spirits are just fucking evil bastards and some are okay and some are just hanging out doing their thing, shunting. Maybe it's a degen- like a degeneration thing too, mm. right? We don't know the how long you're in people, the limbo, the yeah. more fucked up and crazy you and scary you become. Yeah. The All more right. toes you want to put in your mouth. I like it. Yeah. I like one it. toe for every year I've been a ghost. Exactly. But you'd be mm. like, these fucking kids keep... Cl- I'm sleeping <laughs> and here I have to be. I'm fucking eating this guy's foot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So she thinks of the demon sucking on the foot. Daniel wakes up and then sees Mia down there with her fucking his entire foot in her mouth. And he's like, what are you doing? I've got a girlfriend. And she's like, it wasn't me. It was the monster. And, you know, like, I get it how it seems in the moment. But I I feel like I would believe Mia because she looked just as shocked, horrified and confused as Daniel was. Like, she was just as astonished that a foot was in her mouth as Look, he was. Daniel's in- a good boy. He's never done anything but kiss. That's true. It's probably, he probably thinks from now on, this is what foot sucking is like. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so he's like, I gotta go. I, I, got, I can't be here. I need to leave. And he skedaddles. So she ends up back at the hospital. I think Jade's finally coming around to having her back in the uh, in the vicinity of the family. And Mia's like, listen, I think we left the door open. I think we didn't blow the candle out. And I think that's what's going on. This was the one single moment in the movie where I was like, well, this is a bit of a jump. 
but I'm on board with you. Like, because again, every I, this movie is fan. I never got to say my opinion. This movie is fucking amazing. I love this movie. It's so well done from start to finish. But this is the one moment where I was like, okay, so we're just going to do this, huh? Well, I'll say when all that was happening, I was like, somebody better blow out that fucking ca- candle. Did you really? I did think of that. Oh, you fucking asshole. Where were you? They could have I know. This. You got to watch every bad exorcism Ouija board <laughs> demon movie that exists. You know these things. They always forget to blow out the candle. You're prepared. I am, man. When, I, when they brought in the candle, they're like, you got to light it and blow it out. I was like, they're going to forget to blow this candle out. Damn. John, hey, hang out with me. We're fucking with demons. All yeah, right? you're, like, sure. you're like the guy that you want to have around when you do acid. You know, the one non, <laughs> the friend who doesn't trip. Yeah. You, know, you need that one guy. He's our safety net. You're that guy. Uh, right? Yeah, man. I know. <laughs> right, I cool. know these things based, unless movies are lying to me, in which case we're all fucked. <laughs> but if movies are accurate, I got it in here. I saw it in a movie once. Yeah. So basically, Mark, you're saying we get you drunk. We, me and you can fuck around with the demon hand and John just watches our back. Yeah. Okay. That's the one thing. That's the one caveat. I'm, I'm done. I'm I've ready pushed, for the hand. I push so much useful knowledge out of my brain for this. So the fact that I've never gotten to use my demon knowledge, I'm ready. I feel like I went from being afraid of all this stuff to this point to be like, fuck it. Let's just go balls deep in all this paranormal stuff. (laughs) So at some point, Riley's going to wake up and he's going to be hanging out with Jade in the hospital and he starts trying to mutilate himself again. So Jade and her mom are giving Riley a sponge bath. Jade's uh, 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 mom gets a phone call from their dad. She's like, oh, your father, fucking dick. And like, Damn. why would he be calling right now? Yeah. It's not like the son had an emergency. <laughs> because he was on YouTube and saw his son get fucked up by a demon. <laughs> right. Seems like a very appropriate time to call. But anyway, she goes out. And so now it's just Jade and Riley. Jade's giving him the sponge bath. And then he bites her fucking fingers again. Poor Jade and those fingers. Mm-hmm. And so she gets, she falls backwards and holding her fingers. And and Riley just starts bashing his head on the tile. And I thought he was going to grab like a tile shard. Yes. And I thought we were going to do Evil Dead 2013. Yes. But instead, he just keeps bashing his head until the mom and nurses come and, and, you and know rescue him. he was smiling at Jade the whole yes. time, though? Yes. It was so creepy. And then they did this great shot of like the blood going into the drain. and Because at some point, this is where Mia starts talking to Jade. And she's like, he keeps trying to kill himself. And that's where I think yes. Mia's like... Maybe we didn't blow out the candle. Right. So the next scene is we've got the hand. They got Riley's unconscious hand <laughs> in the hand. And she and me is saying, talk to him. I was well, like, that's not how this yeah. works. Well, actually, don't they go talk to Cody? Yeah, they do and get the Scooby gang together at one point. She goes because she's she presents this to Jade. Jade's like, I don't know. And then she gets Joss, um, Haley, JTT, yeah, Haley and um, everyone else together. And she's like, I don't think we blew out the candle. We got to basically get this hand. And that's where they ask for the backstory. Like, where did you get this? What the fuck is this? And Joss gives us kind of like a a little bit more detail of like, well, I got it from Cody and yada, yada, yada. And they go find Cody, who's at a bus Cole. stop. Cool. And he's like leaving town or what? I don't know. I think he's just going to work. Yeah. He's just oh, okay. doing his own thing. So it's just city bus. Yeah. yeah. I thought this was like leaving town type. Greyhound. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's, and, and he's just like, yeah, if you just leave it alone, they get weaker and he'll be freed from them over time. And they're like, no, not this kid. And that's when Mia's like, we didn't blow out the candle. So maybe the door is yeah, still yeah, open yeah. and they go try their plan. Uh, like Mark was saying, which is, I get it. Bananas. This, yeah, it's the best plan they could come up with, which I understand, but it did, did not work at all. He's like, talk to him, blow out the candle, and poor Riley's just like, still fucked. Yeah, does it work if someone else has it for you? Obviously, no, I guess yourself. not. Or is it just because Riley's unconscious? Yeah, who knows? Edge cases. Well, I think, like you said, after a while, Riley's just going to become normal again. He just needs to be away from it. Which is ultimately 
what I think happens. I mean, we'll get to the end of this movie, yeah. but uh, so Mia's like, okay. So we are buying the fact that just, even in Riley's case, because he was in there for so long, it is just going to basically work its way out of his system. As long as he like does a it. a bad trip almost. Yes. Yeah, and that's why I believe that the whole shunting thing was just for Mia's own torture. Just manipulation of Mia Correct. to basically get her to kill Riley because, yes. oh, because if they don't kill Riley, they don't get to keep him. Right. just go out of the system. So they're like, yo, let's see if we can trick this chick to giving us our food. That's, yep, that's okay. exactly right it. Right on, right on, right on. So yeah, Mia gets this idea. I mean, uh, I definitely thought the thing was trying to convince her to kill Riley, but I did think for a minute the mom, like, you know, was just like, that's the only way to let him free. And I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah, seems sus. Uh, but so Mia's like, all right, I, I'm going to hold a hand and see if maybe I can go find Riley. Like, okay, what kind of planet you've never been she's able to insidious six and yeah. she's like yo I'll go into the further and help this dude out so she goes ahead and this time the spirit she sees is a little kid a little girl and she's like hey is there a little boy in there with you and she's like oh yeah as a matter of fact there is do you want me to show you what he's going through and, and then the spirit goes you know I let you in and then we get shunting which is the reverse, and it was a very good effect, too. It's excellent. It's like, oh, I didn't know the spirits could say, I let you in, and then you get to get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> is it like a race? Whoever says, I let you in first? So, and then Mia escapes and is like, oh, Riley's, I gotta kill him. They're like, oh, damn, all right. But she doesn't tell that to, you know, obviously her friends. So they leave the hospital, and then I don't remember what happens. Well, Mia goes home. And this is where the dad confronts her. She's like, hey, listen, you're right. I wasn't being truthful about your mother. Why don't you have a seat? And he pulls out this letter and starts reading it to her. And this is not triggered by anything. It's just the dad is finally like, like he really took to heart what she said last time she was at home. Yeah. And while she's reading the letter, it reveals that the mother had been suffering. And now that she was going to end it, she felt good about everything. And what was the mother suffering from? Just general? Just general life. Yeah. Okay. You know, they didn't really go into like why she did it. She just said, uh, I haven't felt hopeful in a long time. They talk about how she like clawed at the door. She had like wood under her fingernails and stuff like that. She tried to get help, but she couldn't. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, again, we find out later that some of that was the manipulation of the, the demon monster, like saying some of these things, but that definitely was the thing. Cause Mia remembered, you know, like her mom trying to get help. I think there's a couple of possible explanations. One sleeping pills. People do weird. Well, shit. No, no, I understand. I'm yeah. sure she was like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to kill I mean, A lot of times people have that. Yeah, like, that's that the second, second one. Yeah. You know, that like, Oh wait, I don't want to die. And they try to save themselves from but that. But it's too late, but yeah. it's too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it just seemed very weird. It was just like, cause I thought for moment they're gonna do a whole like the mom had touched the hand at some point and she was hearing and seeing things and this was like a genetic thing and i was like what the fuck i'm glad they didn't do that me too me too um so but she's not accepting the letter because all the times that mia has been communicating with this demon pretending to be her mom they're slowly starting to like pepper in this narrative that the dad had something to do with the death right yep that's what the demon is convincing me. Seemingly, now. yeah, very subtly. But so she, as the dad's reading this letter, she's like, "No, dad, that's not how it happened. I just talked to mom. I just fucking talked to her. This is a lie." And she runs off to her room, which I love that she's like, "I just talked to mom," and dad's like, "I'm gonna let that one sit." Yeah. Well, he, you know, <laughs> he like come again. He does. Pardon He's like, me? "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "I, I need to, I need to sit with this." And like what that, are you, what are you talking about? It's different than like, "I'm sorry, say that again, please." <laughs> I think as a parent, you need to mask maybe some of your like, oh, shit, my daughter is losing her grip on reality. Uh, So when she goes in the room, she sees the mother mm -hmm. and the mother's like, he's coming in to get you, too. He's like, that's not your dad. He's coming to get you, Mia. Yeah, that's not your dad, right? 
So that's the whole situation. In her mind, busts into the room. Well, he's banging on the door. He's like, Mia, Mia, Mia. And the thing is, as that's happening, we cut back to seeing the, the real dad sitting on the couch. So we have proof mm-hmm. as the audience. Like, there are two dads. One of these is a demon. What the fuck is going on? And that's when he finally like fully breaks into the room in her mind. And the real dad takes the place of the vision or demon dad. Well, the, the demon dad comes in and starts choking her out. The real dad now hears uh, Mia screaming. He runs into the room. He busts open the door and he goes down to the ground to like as he goes to like check on her on the ground because there's no one on top of her when she's well, she's struggling. choking herself. So he's trying to pull her own he arms goes down, away. And so yeah. it's like he almost goes and inhabits where the demon body is. So right. it's like they kind of merge into one. She grabs a pair of scissors, jams him in the fucking neck with them. Now, question, is he dead? No. no. Okay, because, yeah, later... Like, well, maybe at the end of the movie he is, but when, when Jade goes back to the house, he's yeah. against the wall dying. I feel like he'd be dead. I don't think he's dead because of what no, we see I, at the No, I end agree of the that he's not dead. But, but you think in real life yeah, he'd be dead. because, I mean, he is... He could be, like, just the jutting blood out for apparently hours. Well, it did, well, I don't know if it's hours. It definitely is, like, over 30 minutes, Well, but. it's nighttime when she gets stabbed, when he gets stabbed, at daytime when Jade finds him. Or maybe this was, like, a... 5 a.m. right before the sun. Okay, fair. Yeah, Yeah. perfect. I buy that. (laughs) They've been up all night, man. This is, again, the time gets a little bit weird if you actually try to think of the time frame, but I mean, I think it makes sense. But um, yeah, it was very weird because like, yeah, she stabs him in the neck with these scissors. She pulls him out. He's squirting blood out of his, you know, jugular vein. And um, he falls back and she's like, oh my God. Okay, I've got to kill Riley. Mia calls Jade and is like, hey, come to my house. I know how to help, uh, but, I, but I need you to be here. I can't tell you over the phone. And Jade's like, yeah, this sounds legitimate and leaves. I'm going to give Jade a pass. She just watched her brother keep trying to kill himself. True. She's tired. She's been. Fu- I mean, hey, no one's making sound decisions at this hey, point. Jade is uh, the character I relate to most in this film. Really? That poor girl is just do, trying to do all the right things and keeps just getting fucked. And I felt very bad for her. I feel like a real duck at sometimes. Uh, OK. All right. uh, so, <laughs> so Jade leaves. I'm a Haley. I love JTT. <laughs> well, aren't we all a little? So. Then Mia goes to the hospital and meets the mom. And this is where the mom's like, Mia, you know, I'm sorry. I was wondering when you'd come back. Uh, we They ran a, a tox test and, and he had no drugs. I was just, I was an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Like, she basically da, apologized da, 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 da. for assuming. And, and uh, Mia's like, no worries. You know what? We're all family. We're all good. Can you hold these scissors for me? Yeah. You mind leaving the room? <laughs> if you don't mind, I want to be with uh, Riley alone. I'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you she, can't. She does ask for a couple moments alone with Riley. And the mom's like, yeah, obviously you could be alone with my son who seems to try to kill himself every time he wakes well, she up. she has no reason to assume that she had anything to do with it. I don't think that's unreasonable. No, so can I, I talk to... In the scene, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm just being a dick. So then we kind of get a flashback in a sense to the kangaroo slash raccoon scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just kangaroo. Just kangaroo. Where Mia is standing over Riley, who's on all his machines and everything. And then Riley becomes like the lady demon. Which demon does he become? I don't remember. All I remember is that his IV bag of blood turns black. Yeah, it's yes. great. So it's, a, it's an incredibly old, decrepit looking like woman. Is and it the, it's not the drowned woman. It's a no, different, it's a woman. different okay. one. This is the one that's in the, the wheelchair later on in the movie. Kind of looks like that woman from drag me to hell. Yeah. <laughs> the one that's sitting in the back seat. <laughs> yes. And she's like, we have them. You can't have them. Like 
sucks to be just Riley. Her, like basically like, oh, what are you going to do? Yeah, we're going to fucking have him for eternity. Forever. Mm-hmm. And Mia's like has the scissors and she just can't I seem to I love they were safety scissors. <laughs> All rounded tip. She's like, why won't it work? Jade, at the same time this is happening with the showdown with the, uh, the old lady demon and Mia gets back to the house and she's like, you know, like, Mia, where are you? Mia, where are you? Goes in the house, can't find her, walks into the room, sees the dad bleeding out the neck, and she's like, oh, my God. Who's very much alive. Yeah. Well, Well, I would say very much alive. (laughs) He's a vigorous young scamp. As opposed to being dead, he's very much alive. Uh, In the spectrum of one and zero, he's a one. As a a man of color, he is very pale in this scene, so like he's losing enough blood. But she sees this, and she's like, oh, my God, Mia tried to kill her dad. What the fuck? So she calls the mom at the hospital, and she's like, hey, is Mia there? She's like, yeah, she's in with Riley. She's like, you got to get her right now. She's fucking crazy. I don't know if she told her about the dad or not, but she said, you got to stop it. The mom goes bolting to the room to basically like see what Mia's doing alone with Riley. And she gets in the room. Riley's gone. Mia's gone. Dun, dun, dun. She asked the orderly, like, where's my son? They're like, he's supposed to be in here. And it's like, well, obviously, dumbass. All I could think was like this fucking negligent hospital. Dude. Like, what is going on that the, like a patient can just be wheeled out of there <laughs> past the nurse's station? The movie Disorderlies with fat boys. This stuff can happen. Look, that's a different story because that is a rapping disorderly group. <laughs> I can see it happening in that. Yeah. If Mia could rap, then yeah. I'd believe it. But yes, like this poor patient who looks like death is just getting rolled out. She also knew to turn off all the alarms and machines, but whatever. You know, I look past it. Shh, you guys, let it go. All right. No. So anyway, we as everyone's like, oh my god, where's Riley and where's Mia? We now cut to Mia. Wheeling Riley, who is in the old lady demon form. We don't ever see Riley back in his, you know, young boy form. We do a few form. times. Oh, does it flash yeah, a couple it cuts times? Back. Because Jade Jade has made it back to the hospital they get to at the this hill, point. Yes, yeah, they get to the hill, they see She's Riley. She's looking around and then, oh, look, there they go. <laughs> there's, right, uh, over there. there's me and my brother in a wheelchair wheeling him towards the fucking highway. <laughs> yes, because she's wheeling to this hill. They can push him down the hill and he'll go right into oncoming highway traffic. And then we cut in between Riley's face all fucked up and the demon old lady who's like, ha ha ha, you'll never take him alive. It's just like, I don't know why I sounded like Skeletor there, <laughs> but you royal boob. Now Mia's is presented with the kangaroo choice again. Does she push him into the road or not? Wait a minute. Is this a callback? It is. Is this Chekhov's Rue? Mia cannot do the, the killing part. She's going to let it happen. I think she also kind of maybe because the mom's being very pushy. She's hearing the mom and seeing the mom like, you have to do it for him. You have to do it for him. And she's like, I, I got a little bit of a hint of like, y'all really want me to kill this kid. I thought she got a little bit of like momentary hesitation from that, too. Yeah. But again, I, I think, think you're, was... I think you're more correct in the fact that she doesn't have it in her to basically take that life right. and stuff. But I definitely thought that the, the kind of thing that gave her pause was like, why is everyone trying to get me to kill this? Which is kind of what Riley was doing. Was like, you have to do this. You have to kill this kangaroo you have to and she kind of just gets it's almost like she backs down when being forced to do something that she's uncomfortable with. i think she just right. couldn't kill i think i don't think it's like the peer pressure aspect like she once it came to it both times with the scissors and now at, well, she's she, kind of like an allegory for drug use almost the peer pressure of <gasps> uh, the point is i just don't think she's a she doesn't have the she's ability to take killer. a life she's not a natural born killer she would have done in the hospital with scissors right. if she could have pulled the trigger. But now she's going to let the traffic do the job. And she did actually have the scissors in the air and then right. stop herself. Like, I can't do it. So then we get a scene of like from a uh, first person perspective of just the street. Right. Like the, almost like the camera's tumbling we're, into the road. We're in a, a, the a driver's car. seat of yeah. a car yeah. that's behind a big truck. We see the truck go 
and we don't know what the truck is swerving for, but we can take a guess. And then we hear th thump, th thump. Like I thought this movie was going to show me poor fucking Riley get hit by a yeah, truck, I dude. So I was you like, this thought poor they kid. were going to kill Riley. I did. I thought in that moment it was going to be that. I thought she was going to take her and Riley out. However, we see Mia getting up from off the ground in the street. We're kind of twitching at first, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and over on the side of the road is Jade holding and comforting her brother. Now, here's a question. How do you think Mia got on the road? Did she jump? Was she pushed? I thought Jade pushed her. That I was also my thought first that. inclination was that she got pushed. But then it made, made me wonder if like maybe Mia threw herself into Mia the street. Mia threw herself. She stopped herself and ran it. She knew that the only way this would stop is if she stopped herself. I see. I think she was too far gone. Yeah, I didn't. She pick... was too under the control of that device, the hand and the, the spirits at that point to throw herself in the thing. Yeah, yeah. no, because she stopped herself from stabbing Riley. She stopped herself from pushing Riley. She still had what made Mia Mia in her. I think she knew if I don't stop myself, I won't be able to stop myself from killing Riley. She, but she kept stopping herself, given the, every opportunity. She kept like fucking wussing out, and not in a bad way. But I think she knew. If I don't stop myself, I may not be able to stop myself eventually. I don't think this movie answers the question, though. I assumed it was Jade or her mom, or the mom's spirit. I would. I, I can't buy the Jade thing. I don't well, think Jade... I don't think Jade was doing it to be like, fucking Mia. She was trying to get to her brother, who, from all perspectives, was no, about to I get thrown in the road. <laughs> John, what I'm saying is, I just don't think Jade would have pushed Mia. She would have been like, get away from my... Give me back my son, you know? Mm -hmm. For me, I don't know if a character like Mia, who went through watching her mom commit suicide, then would be able to make the suicide choice. Yeah, I think so. So, I, again, I don't think the movie answers right. this question. Um, my thought was, in defense of her own brother, she pushed Mia out of the way. Mia fell into the street. Because I saw the place where these ghosts were as like a limbo. Not quite a hell, not a heaven, not anything like that. There's a, in a limbo. They're in a spiritual realm where they're just kind of aimlessly there. So when they see the lights and stuff like that, they're like, ooh, what's this? I saw this as a limbo and suicides, according to like that kind of lore and stuff like that, go to limbo and stuff like that, which would explain why the mom would been there, which also would explain why yeah, Mia would go there, you know, because she killed herself. That's a suicide. So I saw yeah. it as a, you know, like, I don't know if limbo and purgatory are the same thing. And I don't, I don't know if like, maybe not. I, I think they're yeah. like, mm -hmm. maybe loosely kind of but like, yeah, regardless, I saw this as like, she basically is going to the same place that that would well, be either way could be correct. I don't. I don't. Yeah, think the movie's that ambiguous about it. So Can we get the the Filipios on the the horn? If, maybe a couple of years ago, not now. <laughs> if Wikipedia is correct, it says Mia throws herself into the street. There you go. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, but it's Wikipedia. It is the canonical source of all knowledge. I, I get. The, I bet these kids who did YouTube videos to get their start went on Wikipedia and edited themselves. Could be. It's accurate. But let's finish the movie. We're almost there. Mia gets up and dusts herself off, and then we have scenes of the hospital. And Mia's kind of wandering around dazed. And we see that she wanders over to Riley's room and they're actually leaving the hospital. Yeah. Like he's he's fully recovered, walking out with Jade and the mother. And now Mia looks a little banged up, but she doesn't look like I got hit by a fucking car banged up right now. Either. She also doesn't look like the drowned woman. Like her level of looking dead is a lot well, less she's than fresh other people. To this area. She's fresh to this area. So you think you keep decomposing in I spirit think, form? I think so. I mean, why else would the drowned <laughs> woman be there? But I think it depends on like how you Unless die. Unless that drowned woman drowned herself as a suicide and they're in this limbo area. 
area where you go because you can't pass over because you've done this thing. I'm telling you, there is some deep shit here that we are not getting. Potentially. <laughs> the movie Deep State is keeping us from it. <laughs> <laughs> so she also sees her dad walking out and he's like turned around and he's, he's walking, walking to an out elevator. Of the hospital. Yeah. And she's calling out and nobody's answering. Nobody's answering. She doesn't know what's going on. Hated this scene because as she's chasing the dad down the hallway, like, dad, dad. And he's like walking. He gets in an elevator. As he's turning around to face outward of the elevator, the lights in the hallway are like, jish, 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 shutting off towards the elevator. And Mia is finding herself in a dark hallway. And as the elevator closes in front of her, that's the only source of light. Pure blackness. I mean, you guys knew she was dead at this point. Oh, right? yeah. Like, there oh, yeah. wasn't any question. As soon, as soon as everyone was ignoring her in the hospital, but it's like, oh, and you're in the afterlife. I was like, the minute she got up from the floor or off the street, I was like, no, she's dead. I, I thought she may have survived that to some degree and been like, damn it, I tried to stop this, but I can't stop myself. But the moment she was in the hospital walking around, I was like, oh, she is full dead. Well, yeah, I and mean, the fact that she got up off the street all on her own, there was like no paramedics, no cops, no one seemed interested at all. And then all of a sudden, she blinks into a party and she's on the other side of the hand. Well, she sees of. a light in it's the distance. Complete, it's complete blackness. And then she's a tiny white light of dot of white light off in the distance and she starts moving towards it mm-hmm. and she gets closer and closer and as she's about to get to that white light we cut to I guess a South American couple or something like nah. that speaking Spanish and they're like bam she gets sucked in or I let you in I don't know what they say talk think, to me or they say in. talk to me in Spanish yeah. but okay. mm-hmm. And so basically you realize that now she's in this limbo place, limbo, purgatory, whatever the fuck it is. She's in this place and now she's trapped in there and she is now going to be one of the spirits that can talk through the hand. I mean, that's like, talk to the hand. in a sense, very terrifying if they're led to believe if there is no candle, she just sits in a dark stands at a dark room. That's why I think these people, again, I think this is kind of like that whole insidious thing. Some of them are just fucking angry. And I mean, think about it, man. Being trapped I mean, in nothing with pure blackness all the time, angry, uh, wanting out. So know? it ends on a downer. Dude, can I tell you who had the worst arc in this movie? The poor dad. I want to say the dog did. His he was just <laughs> trying to get a, get a lick, and he got put outside. His wife commits suicide. <laughs> his daughter stabs him, and then seemingly, if we were to believe Wikipedia, kills herself. Commits suicide. Yep. But he uh, doesn't know that. Well, he, unless yeah. the dad lives. Well, we think he lives from yeah, what I, we can I tell. Yeah, he survives. I think he dies out. There's no dude. Jade didn't call the cop. She called her mom. No, like, she said, know. I'm waiting for the ambulance. Oh, did she? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, maybe the dad lives. Great question. Sequel. Yeah, the sequel is that poor dad just, man, going through a lot of therapy. He tr- he has to track down one of the hands to try to talk to his daughter and his wife and find out what the hell's really going on and can they do anything to save their souls. Mm. I hope they never make a sequel to this movie. They shouldn't. I know they will, but I hope they don't. Well, these guys will be busy with uh, Street Fighter, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it's might not be. I'm sure these folks sold the rights, unfortunately. Well, the brothers said they've already shot a prequel. No, there oh, you go. Oh, a prequel. Oh, yeah. thank God. So like I think Duck It, it or it may before? Maybe a, a found footage style video, though. We'll have to see. But yeah, they said it's basically this done. This would actually work really well as a found footage okay. movie. Think about that. Cameras in the party, seen it from a cell phone perspective everywhere. Ooh, the story from different cell phones, different people's uploaded videos to tell the story and the narrative mm-hmm. of what actually happened with a certain event. That'd be dope. That'd be, it'd be okay. like a what it? Seven Samurai type thing where like each cell phone's given a different perspective. I think that's Rashomon. Rashomon. Yeah, yeah, that's Rashomon, the one. Rashomon, yeah. the four different stories. Yeah. So that's basically done. So we'll probably see that release. And they said they do, uh, they are developing a sequel and they've already have some sequences oh, planned God, out. God, why so. can't we just, dude, the Ninja Turtles movie came out and before it even came out, they had already greenlit a sequel and a TV show off of it. Before it even came out. We're doing this because people like money. Yeah. I, I understand. Mean, this. I, mean, you I make get it. 
what did you say it was four million budget and they made already made seventeen million or something like also yeah. shout out to uh, the SAG and the uh, Writers Guild people. Stay strong. Keep That's that true. shit up. All the fucking actors who have donated over millions of dollars themselves to support the people on strike. Kudos to y'all. Fuck the big corporations. Fuck capitalism. Shout out to A24. They signed up. They signed the SAG WGA yeah. agreement. So they yeah. are like completely agree to, to their demands. That's the thing is they can still release their movies. They can still promote it because they follow all those things yeah. to the letter. They so, don't mistreat their people. Everyone gets paid well. Good job, A24. Yeah, fuck yeah. A24, man. And fuck the rest of you triple A's that are holding out. Truth. Making people starve. Um, anyway, this movie's great. I give it four out of five stars easily. Definitely recommend it. I gave it 4.5. I this this honestly with a, the exception of a few minor logic leaps this is a fucking solid banger of a film and I love the the dark macabre nature of it I love the downer ending I I mean it's just so good the acting's great teenage actors they're tough and everyone fucking did an amazing job I don't think they were teens <laughs> Well, I'm, you know, late teens, early 20s, whatever. These are not like 30-year-old people playing. This is not like the 80s, like, you know, Return of Living Dead. It's like it's trash. is like, we got to go get back to high school. I mean, that's true. Fair. That's true. Yeah, fair. None of them had, you know, gray in their beards or anything. So I'll give them that. I was very happy that this movie was so good because, again, with A24 horror films, sometimes you get really amazing trailers and the movie doesn't always live up to the uh, the hype. Honestly, give this movie money. Yeah, I A24 agree with that. is fucking bang on. They're killing it. They're doing an awesome job with their people. Um, I want to see more original horror ideas and less requels. And so, this is like a whole side, but I don't understand how a movie like this may, is made on four and a half million dollars, which seems totally reasonable. And then similar quality movies, budgets are like a hundred million. And then they're like, oh, we didn't make any money. It's like, fucking get that budget under control, bro. What are you doing? Also, don't release your horror movies next to Barbenheimer. Yeah. What was that, Cobweb? Get yeah, it together. That was a stupid, stupid choice. I pretty much think that was probably like, hey, we're too locked into this at this point. Then if you're going to do something that ridiculous, that's a time to also put it on VOD at the same time. But think time. about this, though. With Barbenheimer, again, like two to three weeks of sold out showings nonstop. They still made $19 million? That's not fucking bad, man. No, I don't mean this movie. This movie yeah. did a good uh, job. It's Cobweb. Cobweb. Oh, Cobweb. Like, I think Lionsgate or somebody just shot it out and was like, oh. go, go to die. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard about that movie being mm. good, but I didn't even know it was out yet. It it is. It's going to be on VOD like next week. Are you oh, serious? Good. Yeah, it's already there. Oh, good. Wow. I want to watch it. And there were literally no showings in Austin. I looked at every theater that I could find and zilch. Got to make room for Barbie. Pretty all much. The Hasbro yeah. toys and all the atomic bomb movies. Well, I mean, Barbie was amazing. It was a great film. I yeah. haven't seen it yet, but I want to. It's worth it. But anyways, that's what we think of Talk To Me. Uh, three recommendations from us listeners what do you think of talk to me why don't you let us know on our social media we have a facebook a twitter and an instagram page you can find everything we're up to at thegrapetalk.com and garrett do we yes. know what we're doing next time we do so our beloved co-host john is about to be out for a little while on mm -hmm. uh, vacation my man is finally decided to go to australia and fuck with some demons truth so yeah, talk shout to us to him let me talk to us let us know i thought you were going to go there. to italy and go in all the catacombs and i'm doing it all it's, i'm mr worldwide oh. okay uh, oh mr <laughs> worldwide like that no i am going to italy uh but uh, so, I, I found a little shop in rome where you can like see all the the stuff from the uh, uh like horror films film there so i'm very excited to that's so, awesome yeah i'll take some photos for all right Instagram. well we got a couple of guests that are going to fill in for you for the next couple episodes john be safe out there on your travels the next movie we're doing is the toxic avenger a trauma film which i know a lot of you have requested us do some trauma stuff so we're finally doing that and then after that we'll be doing uh martyrs 
which has been requested by some of y'all as well. We'll be doing that with a friend of the podcast, Emma. And then for the third film, while John is out, it is a mystery pick from Garrett. And we don't know who the guest is on that yet, but we will find out. John, you're going to be leaving. Do you want to leave the guest with anything? Uh, yes. Talk to us on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Morse code, pigeon, you know, all the ways that you can get in touch you with say us. Pigeon? Yeah. Carrier pigeon, TikTok, oh, discord. Pig- I thought there's a new app called pigeon. I was oh, like, I am not up to date. Maybe on this there one. is uh, Was it? Slack, Snapchat, what's chat, WeChat, chat, you chat, ICQ. Yeah.